Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 90 of Beer Notch, the podcast adjunct series. We are back. 90 episodes of this alone is pretty fucking crazy to me, to be honest. This was just something we decided to move into when everything shut down, and here we are. 90 episodes later, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special one. We have not had this gentleman on for about four years. Uh, I consider this young man one of my good friends. I love this dude to death. Uh, I have him on my chest, which is the only place I want him. Please welcome the GOAT, Simon from Lespas Public, in the building. I brought the audience for you, homie. Luke Craig, I'm about ready to get this started. Luke, Luke, mate. All right, mate. Luke, Luke. (laughs) I'm not here to fuck with spiders, mate. (laughs) I'm 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 here to roll. All right, Phil, this is going to be a problematic podcast. I can't wait. I'm here for it. <laughs> In the best possible way. Hey. Hey, man. Hey, what's up? It's so good to see you, bro. You're looking phenomenal. Uh, I need to compliment the drip. The drip is A1. The hair, phenomenal. The chain, the mesh, the Adidas. Oof. Bro. Drip gods. Bro, mesh bros. I know. Simo, uh, Simo and I have twinsies, mesh, tank tops, fresh from uh, Savannah Lamar in Jamaica. That was good. I had to get uh, my friend's wife to negotiate with him and shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how it all worked. It was fun, funny, because I wanted I wanted that shit bad. I wanted to get us the ones with Fuck the yeah. stripes, with like the green, yellow, and uh, red stripes and shit. But they didn't, I think they didn't have them in Is that us. the one you got? No, I got the same as you. Oh. I got me and you the exact same thing. I think I bought... Me, Jonathan got one, my friend. I got one and you got one. And they didn't... I think they didn't have it in our size or Tiff wouldn't let me. Like, she wouldn't even let me get that one. She was, like, kind of struggling at first, but talked her into it, you know? Keeping it slick, mate, you know? You know the vibes. Yeah. Oh, it looks great. The black is great. It's beautiful. I'm happy we got the you know, black. You know, I have an assortment and I wore this one tonight for you. <laughs> And I appreciate it because you know the get, get from you. <clears throat> you yeah. know how it gets down. I uh, I should have worn mine. I realized when I noticed. I didn't notice it immediately because you need to wear them with a. Uh, obviously, I'm wearing a t-shirt with Simo's face on it. Obviously, go get that from Les Bus. It's looks great. You, you look amazing. It looks, I, I, it looks good. You can't not look amazing with that beautiful face adorning the, the space you between see? my nipples. <laughs> Luke, right? <laughs> Luke and Simo. All right, I can tell we're going to get well. So, uh, Simo, we're going to start off. This is, this is a great one. We're celebrating 10 years of Les Bars, which is honestly a huge achievement. There's not many breweries who make it that far. Well, it's such a young industry, and, you know, there's the OGs, but of, like, you know, you guys are part of the new era of breweries, and, you know, it's, it's not super common, so I'm super happy for you. Um, and you've done something really cool. Thanks, buddy with your anniversary beers and you've brought back a bunch of recipes from back in the day and I haven't had any of these ones. So I'm genuinely fascinated and we are starting big. We're not uh, soft over here. We're starting with this bad boy. This is a double Belge, I guess it's just a Belgian double if you want to translate that shit. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, it's 8% because Simo is like, fuck that, we're starting big, mate, you know? And uh, is this the same can art or is this new? Uh, no, no, no. This is all new. This is all like branded for the 10th anniversary. Sick. 
I love it. I was going to say, because it looks like your, um, your uh, new branding with the with the pigeon, with the, what's he got on his head in this? He's got like a fucking, or is that like a pilot's outfit? That's right. <laughs> so gangster. Um, ben, do you mind uh, taking a flick? Um, so tell us about this particular beer. Um, when you did it, what was the vibe? Like what's, you know, I guess 10 years ago, Belgian um, doubles were what all the kids were drinking. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's going to be a theme throughout the beers we're going to drink that are like throwbacks to 10 years ago. And these styles like didn't go away. You know, people are still making them, but it's definitely not like <laughs> a, a, hot, a hot new style. You know what I mean? A hot new thing. No. Um, so the story behind this beer is twofold. The name is one story and the beer is another. So the name is like, I'm there at the bar with my then girlfriend or wife or whatever and like some of her homies she's a lawyer and so we're hanging out with these like lawyer crew and i was like at the bar and then like everybody gets drunk and then i remember one the homegirl's like oh i just love beer like i'm always going to europe like drinking all kinds of different beer like belgian beer is amazing i know this beer it's called like la dorval and it's so good and i was like that's really funny because Dorval kind of sucks in Montreal and has the airport, you know, and then I think of airport and like, you know, crappy limousine service ads, hence the airport theme mm. on the can, the, or the air, air, air theme, airplane theme. Um, I love it. Because Dorval, Dorval is not a beer. She was either thinking of Duval or, or Val or I don't know what, you know. So I was like, that's fucking jokes. Next that's time we make like a Belgian beer, uh, that's what I'm going to call it. And like, I didn't, I wasn't big on making Belgian beers except for like saisons, you know? And then, cause, cause yeah, I guess that was kind I wasn't of more, stoked on it. No, and I guess that's a Quebec thing. Like the saisons were like, was popping out here. I mean, even now, I guess, right? So back then, then yeah. that's what it's known for. Okay. Well, and you know me too. I like crushable beers, so like I'm not gonna get into these sweet or you know hot, you know uh, yeah, mostly sweeter. I guess I'm talking about or or thin or candy thin. Like triples and doubles are not my thing. Right. <laughs> so that's the name. I had the name, and then my then brewer, one of the brewers at that time, Patrick Sylvestre, who now brews uh, Tamarack with JP out of Silo uh, Silo. Oh, yes. Um, he was brewing at the bar, and he wanted to make a double. And so I was like, bing, bang, boom. Oh, it's a call of the Dorval. Oh, this was back then. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's like basically how it started, because you already had the joke name. He wanted to do it. You're like, all right, fuck yeah. it. Um, first things first. Fucking get in you. Cheers, bud. Cheers, man. Great Fucking to see you. Put it in you. Mm. Great to be seen. Put it in you. Nice. Put it. <laughs> uh, fun fact on this one, because we never talked about it on the pod, because you and me, I feel like I've seen you 8 million times, but you haven't been on for so long. We have so many in-jokes now. Um, uh, Val, the marketing, she's like the head of marketing and stuff at La Spas. Is that what her job is now? Yeah, I don't know. I think she says like customer experience and brand experience, something like that, right? Whatever. She does everything. So Val thought she get does it everything. In She's the best. And she thought that get it in you was put it in you. And to like, yeah. she's obviously a Francophone, so that shit is fucking hilarious. And whilst it's not 
she's francophone, but like you can't tell, you know, like her first language is French, but she speaks English mint, except for sometimes, you know, as you do in like a language that's not your first language, of course. you miss some shit up. <laughs> and it makes it, <laughs> it makes it funnier and it's like, it's super cute. So put it in you is so funny because I guess it's the same thing, but it doesn't make as much sense as it could mean something else, I guess, in English. So it's just so fucking funny. So put it in you is uh, it's, a classic. It's, it's way more, way more aggressive, right? Mm. Get it in you, like whatever. <laughs> like, put it in you? <laughs> It could be easily misinterpreted, Simo. Let's say, shall we um, say? Yes. So look, talk about the double though. This is um, this is solid, man. Like it's it like I haven't had a double in a minute, to be honest. It's nice and bitter. I don't remember them being bitter. I guess is that like your take on the style, or is that just how they are? For for sure, for sure. So another thing about every beer we're gonna drink tonight is like those recipes from ten years ago were like on the still on the tip of like IBUs and counting IBUs are important. And like, if you just put a bit more hops on it, it's going to be better, you know? That's how it goes So down. in the recipe, there's, there's definitely some new world hops, like Centennial. Um, the, the, the beer used to be made with uh, like uh, Warrior, uh, what is Columbus. Columbus. Um, but there's no more Columbus. I don't remember what I put in instead, some dank shit here. El Dorado, I don't know. Dank shit. I'll say some dank um, shit. I'm gonna write that in there. To like replace replace that dank thing that was going on before. Um, so yeah, definitely a bit, you know more bitter than it would ever be in Belgium. We ain't mm. in Belgium. No, we in. It Australia, does say Belgium on the can though, doesn't it? It's just. Oh, I mean, like in French. So to me, it's it's a Montreal beer. You know what I'm saying? It's an Oshelaga beer. Yeah. It's it's really good, man. Be, like. It's, it's fucking like totally completely different to like, you know, obviously that bitterness, that hoppy bitterness. It's like a really fun twist on a style that, you know, if you're not into that type of shit, you know, like singles, triples, doubles, quads, whatever. It's like, it's a little, that, that sweetness and that real overly uh, cloy vibes to them are a little difficult to kind of like drink a whole thing. But like, this is the beautiful short cans that I love from you guys. And you've got this nice little hoppy, the bitter twist. It's like, this is fantastic. Seriously. It doesn't taste 8% either. Well, I mean, you know, like, like my, my whole thing about making beers, you know me, is drinkability. Make the yes. beer just crushable as you can. Um, for better or for worse, you know. Um, and in this case, I, I don't know. It, it worked. Um, I don't, yeah. Yeah. So we're in, like, the classic. You can taste, like, malt sugars. You know, yes. all the Belgian esters of banana. and Esters is like uh cherry and like prunes and that kind of stuff yeah there is a nice bitterness to, to balance it out and hold it up it's Cherry's likely also not that dry or not that sweet it's probably medium bodied instead of like full bodied you know i agree i don't remember the exact final gravity but it was not that high no it's definitely got that it's like a more balanced or more um what's the word uh restrained version of what maybe people are typically used to drinking in this style so man this really works and i feel like even the um you know like the fucking the people who are more used to the more trendier less bitter stuff these days now the west coast ipas are really coming back and people are loving those i think that this could appeal to people who might otherwise not really be into it because it's, it's so much it's so well, much every every, every 
every single beer like we're going to taste is kind of a nod to that like to 10 years ago mm. when that was what beer was around you know was yeah. hot bitterness but you're right the hop character in this is cool there's like some like fresh cut grass and like the centennial pineapple thing a bit or a centennial lime thing a bit at the top it's dope right yeah, on man. i'm super star i knew it'd be fire because it's fucking simmer you know the vibes but this is sick man like first thing first like we'll get into we're about to, for people who um don't know the Lespas history we are going to get into some of it here but we did episode 72 with yourself and frank in uh it was february 2018 so it was actually four years ago um, it was right before I went to Australia, I remember specifically. And uh, that shit was wild. Whenever we hang out, it gets fucking wild. Frank was <laughs> getting the empties, <laughs> chugging, and just like throwing the cans. It was it was just such a good time. And I had my friend Richard with me who was helping me film and stuff. It was just We talk about that night often because it was just so fucking good. Um, it was a great night. It was, man. It always is. How does it feel now, though, you know, 10 years in a brewery, owning a brewery, and um, not just like not just getting by. You've gone been through a pandemic, but you're, you're thriving. You've got this second location, which we're going to talk about. Like, how's it feel, man? Like a decade in this shit. It's amazing. Uh, uh, living the dream, mm. B. Totally living the dream. Doing doing the thing. You know, this is this is it. You know, if you asked me ten years. Well, if you asked me ten <clears> years <throat> ago, if I thought I would be where I am today, no. Because like we were vehemently against having a brewery when we started Les Basses like having a, a brick and mortar, like a, like a, a industrial That's brewery it. in Quebec, they say, but making <clears throat> beer for this, for the grocery store shelves. We're like not into it at all when we started, you know? Right. But um, at the same time, me having started in a larger industrial setting in my career and a lot of other, my contemporaries too, it feels natural and it feels great. And it feels like, you know, the natural order of things, you know? Coming back home. You're great. familiar with yeah. it now. Feels great. You've built up the brand for long enough and, and, and you're able to sustain that and, and grow from there. So it's it's pretty cool, man. It's really, really cool. So it's, it's good. It's good. It's dope. Great. My life is dope, man. I do dope <laughs> shit. You do dope shit, damn right. You uh you always have that vibe yeah. about you. And I always appreciate that. You're always like unflappable. And just like, yeah man, let's go. Whatever. It's all good. It's so always like a good vibe. I'm never, uh, um, sorry, the TV uh, got knocked on. Uh, I never, um, it's just always a good time. Right? And I, I was telling you just off camera, whenever people come from out of town and they always hit me up for, uh, it hasn't happened as much lately, obviously, because of the last two years, but you know, I have my list saved in my notes in my phone and you guys are at the top of that list because I'm like, if you want to have fun and you want to try all sorts of shit, go to Lespas. It's always a good time. I always come back, <coughs> Jesus, like I'm tra every time I go down, I'm trashed, every time. It's a beautiful thing. You hit, you, you hit, you hit the key word in, in, uh, you know, in our code or our raison d'etre or what do they call that? The, oh, like the whatever. mission, like a mission? A mission statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. We're there, fun. We're there for fun, man. Yeah. Beer is supposed to be fun. Let's have fun. Hell yeah. And it's, uh, you know, nothing, nothing but that every time. So... So, so, so yeah. I'm interested to know if you've had feedback from any of those people that you sent around the town, you know? Oh, yeah. Multiple people have been like, oh, man, I love this bus. Like, I had a great time there. Because I think the people that – it's like the vibe of, of the team. You've got, like, a great team. Um, 
I haven't yeah. been obviously for a minute, but like the bartenders were always super lovely, good vibes. Um, the people who go there know it's like you guys have cultivated this 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 like energy in the place with the type of people that it attracts because it's just such a neighborhood bar and like people go there and like i feel like they just everyone's like super respectful but it's it's like the wildest brewery as far as like i don't know i feel like people get a little more what's the word like happy like uh i don't know maybe people like they just like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like I was gonna say, people aren't. Fu- I'm not. Don't picture like people getting like fucked up and vomiting and fighting. But like, and not. It's just like a, such an an elevated experience of that fun <laughs> than a regular okay, okay. brewery. Because you, know, you go to breweries and you just sit around and talk, right? It's not like a place that you go in and you're like kind of wiling out with your friends. You guys have good music and it's kind of turned up loud a little bit, so you're kind of talking a bit louder. So it feels like a bar atmosphere, but it's a brewery. It's It's a bar, for sure. It's a bar, for sure. That's probably what I'm trying Um, to say. It's that bar element that you've got that most breweries do not have. That's what I'm trying to say. But then, exactly. And then imagine, like, a bar got to have its own brewery. So this is another theme that I want to touch on a lot tonight, is, like, the reason I'm here, even though it is that bar, is are those people is that community you know what i mean right and um it's interesting that like you know built this community with the idea of not having this brewery and then the community gave us the brewery to give beer back to the community and 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 serve the community um and and i know i'm going to use that stupid catch word a lot too but like it's so true like oh you know i i am evidence of this story of this place that happened, of these events that happened at this place. And I think that, um, you know, uh, there's probably so many wicked neighborhood bars. Like I, I've, I've got mine, you know, and I think people have theirs too. And I think that's what surprises people is like, you got this neighborhood bar with this killer feel that also is a brewery. <clears throat> yes. And I think there's yeah. a, there's a, a clientele that wants that. There's a clientele who doesn't, care and they're your neighborhood bar and it's just a good vibe and everything's good there but maybe there's people like like us who are like craft beer fans who i don't like to go places uh that don't have good beer it's really important to that experience i'm not trying to go out and then see the list and like fuck like i definitely care where i go to that but if you want to have more fun that's what you guys provide that i feel is a a slightly different experience than other breweries because they it's always a good time wherever you go but it's a different, it's just a different experience. And, and it's like, it's just Look, feels, Craig, look, Mike, wherever we go, always a good time. <laughs> always. If, if we're there, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> it's fucking going off, man. It's fucking going off. Right. Bro. So let's, let's you know, guess, give us the breakdown um, as much detail as you want. Cause if people want to listen back to the old episode, go for it, but we're going to run through it again. Cause it has been a while. So yeah, tell us about, you know, what led up to how it all started. So, you know, I guess a little back, Back before 10 years ago. So the, 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 the bar was started by like four college roommates, basically. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't know that they all live together, but they all live together in different um, configurations over the years. But I don't know if they all live in the same place at the same time. Okay. Um, who like went on a boys trip to like the Hamptons because they're like cab and like decided that would be a good place to go. Okay. Right. Um, and so they're like, partying on the beach and the story is like we bought so many beers but then we drank them all the first night i wasn't there 
So it was like four other dudes, Frank, <clears throat> Frank, Frank, and Do- Frank was on the, on the last podcast, Dominic, Pierre, and Remy. So they go and have this party and like Pierre who lives in Oshlega already is like, yo, Oshlega needs a bar. Because the bars are just, you know, taverns for old boomers and older, you know? So then they're like, yeah, they're like 25, you know, and they have this conversation. So then they just like scrape for a few years and open up this bar uh, as a bar for a year as like a, a, a beer bar, you know? Like they were buying craft beer from around. Um, and then Frank was also brewing some contract stuff around in Saint-Hyacinthe, like Brasso de Mon, I think later we were up in Stash. I don't remember a bunch of contract brews, you know? Okay. Um, and then after a year in 2013, so the bar opened on January 31st, 2011, New Year's Eve, 2011. Oh, okay. It was the o- opening day. Um, and then like they rolled for a year as a beer bar and then they like installed the gear and hired a brewer, me. Okay. Did you tell me this last time? Because I totally forgot that. Yes, yes, definitely. Including the Hamptons, and it was probably way longer. Wow, I got the worst memory ever. I feel like I blank out on these afterwards. I don't really remember. I'm fucking off my head. So um, that is amazing. And then you were the head brewer previous to Les Bus. Where did you work at? I worked at McCausland and three and the three brewers. They started at McCausland and like, <clears throat> yeah, the the Club Ah, oh, I'm just speaking English. Ah, oh, so so. Yeah, so those two spots. Okay. Yeah. So bigger, then, bigger that, places. <clears throat> yeah, I, I was in two spots. I was, but I started. A McCausland in like 2007 or 8, 2007, and then maybe 3B. I started in 2012. So I only worked at 3B for like a year and a half, but I did both spots for a while in 2013, like the Spots de and the Club Okay, so it was kind yeah. of part time for both type of thing? I was just working doubles, you know, for two <sighs> months. What um, completely just a side note. I really like that Adidas jacket. Which one is it? Because Adidas is my brand. I, I've got a bunch of stuff, but I really like the. the I think I might have seen. Is it like a new one? Which What's the thing? Or you don't know? What are you talking about? The jacket. Sorry, it's a complete side thing. Because you're going like that, and I realize it's like it's like a real sick. I like the the stripes and the color of the stripes and stuff. Yeah. So this jacket, I I wore the first time we met at Hip Hop Karaoke, when I was singing Deb Prez Hip Hop, I wore this jacket. Oh and I bought this jacket <clears throat> probably in like 2003 or 2000, yeah, when Deb Prez's third studio full length came out, RBGs. Uh, uh, uh. And I wanted to like, yeah. I bought this red, black, and green jacket, which I think now, but I've, I've had it for now 20 years or whatever, I think it's a Bulgarian football jacket or something, a full Bulgarian warm-up jacket. I was going to say, 
Yes, I've seen other similar ones that have released recently that look similar as far as like the type of thing, and they were just for some like random countries fucking thing. I've totally yeah. fucking a right there. I to- I totally forgot that you performed the hip hop karaoke. Man. Oh my goodness! Yeah, do you remember? Oh, definitely. Let's see. The um, I think I went back and fe- oh, that's oh, okay. I see what you've got there. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's that. Uh, it doesn't say the the country, but that's fire. Super fire. I forgot that you I did don't know. that. I don't know, dude. <clears throat> that's okay. I, I, know, I know I'm derailing us, but I forgot that that's how we met. So I used, when I first moved to Montreal, I, my, Tiff and I and a bunch of people were running this event called Hip Hop Karaoke. Oh, I did not remember that you were there, that we had met. We only found that out like many, many years later, like in 2018 yes. or 19 or whatever. There's actually another story. So we've, that means we met on two occasions. Uh, the second one, you don't remember. So the first one was that that neither oh. of us remember. Um, unless that was you do like at a beer festival. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you do remember that. Um, and I'm not mad enough yeah, for memory. It's a fucking beer you, festival. You, you, you told me about it. I don't remember. Yeah, there you go. So there was that thing. And we, I went and found the video because we used to film everything and put it up on the YouTube channel. So I found the video of you doing that because I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. And then I think it was 2014. You, like, you, can, you can click the link. Download to, to hit that video. <laughs> you know what? I will put that in there. Let me take that note. I'm dead serious. I'm going to fucking put that. I've got a little note thing here and I'll put it in. So that was the first time that neither of us remember because it was before I was had any like uh, major involvement in beer. And then um, at 90, add Simo performing. Um, what did you do hip hop? Okay, cool. Um, so... Yeah. The second time it was 2014. I'd released a video for Brewheads, the theme song of um, of uh, the podcast, and we went to um, what's it called? Chambly. Chambly, Pierre Saver. It was the first time there, and I thought, well, because I'd started, I wasn't doing the podcast then, and because I had filmed the video, I reached out to a bunch of breweries I just went, I liked anyway. It was like, hey, can we film there? And we did it at like six or seven places. So I thought, you know what, maybe if people saw the video because it was very Montreal-centric, people might recognize me and I'll get some free beer or some shit. So I wore the same outfit from the video to the festival. And then I saw Les Bus, and I'd been there before. A friend took me there. He had an art show on the wall. His art was on the wall, photography or art or some shit. And that was the first time I went. And then uh, you came up. You were really drunk, day drunk, I believe. And you had a denim... Uh, sleeveless jacket on that had the Lisbos logo, yeah. and you must have seen the video. And you're like, "Yo, do you want to?" I think you gave me a beer first of all, and then you're like, "Do you want to swap jackets?" Like, I give you as in you give me the jacket, and I give you the top. And it was only because I was the only one I had. Like, I have one of one. I still have that thing. And I was like, "Oh, probably not, man." And then you were like, "Ah, right, cool." And that was it. It was just really funny. Um, I didn't. I, I was not mean to you. That's good. Oh no, no, no! Why would you be mean? You're similar. Oh, well, I was not like, give oh, me that man. fucking shirt, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there was no malice. You were completely chill about it. Um, but I, I just thought it was really funny because, you know, I, I think I was already, I was drinking too and shit, but it was just cool. So you and me have had, uh, what do you call, close encounters before we ended up uh, linking. And I remember the night I met you too at um, uh, Wild Shack, did the Le Grand Guignol New England IPA. It was one of the first New England IPAs in uh, Quebec because it was really impossible to get. I think it was January 20, I want to say 17, and it was fucking brick, like minus 30. We took our neighbor and we Ubered down. Yeah. We went there. And then 
I met you there, I think, and I wasn't sure if it was because Noah. That was the night I met Noah as well, Noah Forrest, um, and he came with Remy. Noah and- was Noah was there. Noah was there. It's the first time I met him. It was Noah, Remy, and Max came together, and they sat next to us, and then me, Tiff, and our friend, and we drank like three pints of this uh, the haze, and they didn't get any of it, and it was their beer, and there was like they got like half a pint because the keg tapped, and that was it. Uh, the keg kicked. Oh shit. Yeah, and I think I oh, made you that man. night. So it was, uh, it was a good time. It was great. Look at that. See, I got so many of the spa stories. It's beautiful. So look, I digress. I don't mean to, to distract. I distracted us with the jacket. So you were working at the two places. Uh, at the time, you were just an employee of Les Spa. So this was 2012. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they, they hired me as like a de facto brewmaster. I mean, we'll, we'll see tonight. There are two recipes that already existed. And, you know, there were more than that. You know, Frank probably had 10 recipes under his belt. So Frank brewed, was a home brewer, and that's why he wanted to start a brewery. Frank and Dom were, like, brewing at home. I think mostly Frank, and Dom might be mad if he uses it, but whatever. And so Frank had some recipes, and he had brewed some of those contract brews, and he even started up the rig at Le Foster Blick in the basement for, like, six months before they hired me, you know? Okay. Um. So I started then, and then when we launched the cans in 2015, I bought in to the company. Okay. Oh, I didn't for like the, okay. for like cat cash input to buy these <clears throat> cans and to start, you know start this other company. So it was a separate company to the bar itself. Correct. So I I'm not a partner in the bar. I'm a partner in this other company. Okay, which is the cans, not what gets poured there. Which is the the brewery here, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, that makes sense. So what made you want to commit? I guess you just believed in the brand and you were proud of what you were doing and you saw it, thought it would have something. No, no, and no, and this this is a similar story, a similar response I'm going to say for a lot of tonight is it's the people. It's always been the people. It's been this community, and it, it's been these people, man. It, it, I like haven't. I hadn't found this before. Like, you know, my spot. <laughs> yeah. And so I found the found the spot, found the people, found my people. You know. I think I agree wholeheartedly, man. Like it's it just feels like it always just feels like Simon's place. I mean, I guess you're you've become the face of it. Is that fair to say? Um, people have said that. Yeah, I'm not stoked on it necessarily, but my face is on that fucking T-shirt. You know, they asked me, like, I was, you know, I was like, it was summer vacation or something, and they had this artist, Cedric, who's like a homie from the bar, and he does all the art for uh, the, the dispensary, the dispensar. Dispensar, yeah. This- with uh, Jesse and, and Arnaud, the brewer over there. Just Cedric know. does all of their art, and he was designing T-shirts for us, and and they were like, oh, can we put you on a T-shirt? Yeah, all right, sure, whatever. But I thought for sure they would put me in, like, some mesh or, like, naked or some shit, you know? I, I thought for sure you would see my torso, my my, my torso naked, my, my torso nu. But no, just <laughs> my, my big stupid face. It's so I, I think that, like, mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did a lot of, like, communications work for the company. Mm-hmm. For the brewery, for the bar, for, for our spot, our people, our, our community. Um, and so it's, it's easy for people to say, like what you just said, like this guy was the, was like the spokesperson, you know? Mm. 
I feel like just in the in my experience anyway, I mean maybe because it's you are the person from the company that I met, but it was like whenever I'm there, whenever I went there, you were always there. I mean you were brewing, I guess. I only, I met Frank maybe one other time outside of the pub. And yeah, and, and caveat to sorry, caveat to the statement I just made, I did a lot of <clears> communications <throat> work. <laughs> what I meant to say was I like invited my friends over to party with me <laughs> and drink beer and like talk to people while I was partying and drinking beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then, you know, you brought the party. You were essentially a club promoter. That's what you were, <laughs> goddammit. I do think, man, and, and like, you know, my background is from being in bands and doing events to shows and shit. And I do think a lot about, oh, I just said about, I, yeah. I do think a lot about <laughs> about doing stuff like that and because it, and I, I use those skills in in the brew pub mm. you know oh you just like throw a party man you know have a show invite people over and hang out yeah um and and i i do think of, about that now for larger future projects and getting teams together to, to do stuff like that is cool and attractive to me so what what I get off on is like having people together and partying hmm. for sure. I mean, I, I guess that comes back to what we were saying before. It's probably that vibe that, that brought that element to the bar. Is that fair to say? And, and I imagine that was shared between the other partners too. It's hard to say. So, I mean, it was definitely hmm. a mandate that I received was to like do these beer nights and, and like share knowledge with the community, you know, which is like, can be seen positively or like can be seen like jive whack like hey everybody i'm here to teach you about the beer tonight you know what i mean um but i, I think the events worked well and then i just kept rolling you know mm. so uh, one thing that was was very um and i hope we didn't talk about all this on the other podcast <laughs> was very inter interest interesting to me was like stimulating my socialist appetite of like bringing people together to do stuff together and, and sharing knowledge and open sourcing shit. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Breaking great. down barriers between brewers, breaking down barriers between the clientele, breaking the consumer and the producer and the service aspect. And like, just like opening that shit wide open. Mm, okay. I feel like that's, uh, I, I resonate with that. Cause I feel like I've met a lot of people at this bus either for the first time or like hung out with them, like a lot of industry. People. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Are like multiple yeah. times. I feel like just people are always there. I remember not even like just before the pandemic, the blood brothers, like Braden and Dustin were out there and like, I'd met them in Toronto before, but we hung out all night with them there at the brewery yeah. and stuff. And the overhop girls, Alex Bastian from uh, Bastian hops. Um, just so many people in general that it just, I mean, you guys collaborate a lot. And I think you were like the dude that like everybody knows, you know, like beer people. I, I notice there's certain people that like just everyone knows that certain individuals. And I know some of those people, but you are definitely one of those folks that I feel like you, like you said, your love of people kind of like, you can't help yourself. And you, you, you just kind of, people gravitate to you because you've got good energy and you do a lot of collaboration. So you want to share, like you said, share knowledge and, and just work and do cool yeah, shit. Yeah, and like, like I said, I want to share that. So it's for me, you know what I mean? Like the reason I do all this shit is for me. And I think it's likely classic extrovert behavior if you wanted to categorize it or if you want to define it in that uh, 
duality or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so I like inviting people over and having a time. You know what I mean? I, I like it. like going out with people and having a time. That's that's what I want to do. You know, and like in beer. Since I've become a brewer, I also like then want to talk about beer and drink beer. Right, which is perfect. That in inhibits more good times. Um, self-fulfilling prophecy right there, you know? Um, with that said, yeah. do you want to, uh, want to hit the next one? Monty. Monty. Could you please get Monty? The Monty. What are we talking uh, with Monty? What's the vibes? This mm. is one of Frank's recipes. Okay. One of Frank's home homebrew recipes from like 2008, 9, 10, or whatever. Okay. Um, what uh, style is Monty? Special bitter. Special uh, I think that back in the day, he just would have called it like a English pale ale or whatever, you know? Interesting, because I guess at that point, it kind of like all like blends together to a degree. Um, these, this style, like, is actually kind of like, I feel like somewhat coming back. I feel like the kids kind of fuck with this shit. To the uh, other way. There you go. Give us that Monty, mate. Fucking beer. Like that? Yeah, that's bloody. Is that it? That's a bloody ripper, that is. All right, you ready? Lift it up. I All should right. just leave you to I should just <laughs> leave you to do it, man. You you got it way better than me. I got the camera there, so it's a little uh, cleaner. Here we go. Yeah, look at this. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just taking a photo, you know? Having a good time pouring, Simo. Thanks, babe. So um, I fuck with these styles now, yo. Like I feel like uh, this type of kind of like old school classic stuff is like strangely enough really interesting to me. I've, I've uh, like I think I'm, we might have talked about it at some point, but I've started to I have a new over the last few years like a newfound like love of lagers and things like that. And this style to me kind of comes under that, and it's sort of more it's super interesting. Um, yeah, tell us about this one. This is five percent, essentially an English special bitter, is what what we're calling it. Yeah. Yeah, special bitter, right? Basically, like I'm saying, it's uh, like back in the day, you would have called this. Okay, we had IPA and American pale ale. Well, if yep. you have American pale ale, then this is an English pale ale. You know what I mean? Okay. So there was some more color, more caramel, um, and you would change the hops and the yeast, um, and then. As, as we all matured and we can like kind of hone in on, is this a, an ESB or a special bitter or whatever, we can use those linguistic tools. Mm -hmm. It may, may or may not mean something to the consumer, whatever. Um, but this fits into that style guidelines, I guess, based on alcohol percentage, basically. Okay. It's a pale ale. It's a pale ale. Essentially know? an old school English pale ale. Well, Simo, do me a favor. Put it in you. Just put it in you, bud. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Hmm. Nice. I would still call this an, an eat like a special bitter, more so than an old school pale ale. I feel like if it was a pale ale, it would be a little more – and look, I'm only going off like – my perception of that style, which is probably quite subjective, but I would feel like this is not, doesn't have, you know, like the old school English IPAs. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I don't know if I can put my finger on what's different, but there's like some sort of caramel toffee in this that I really recognize from an ESB. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, for sure. And I, 
all that all that being said, you know, we'd pro- even though I tried not to fuck with these recipes, I tried to like brew the thing that as it existed ten years ago. Right. Um, I, I was not able to, so I definitely would have, you know, taken information and experience from <clears throat> my years of doing this. And like, I got I got a shout out to my man Julian Lafoxin, who is the co-brewer here and with a head brewer or whatever. We're just the 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 the, the, the double team. team, the tag team, the the dynamic duo going on. So I mean, we 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 definitely revisited based after our years of experience but yeah so you got um yeah tell me what i think is really Mm. really cool is the like the like pear meadow grass this like Mm. succulent thing of it's so common in esbs because of like malt sugars and like those english hops that really get into this like juicy pear joint like right off the top um Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so attractive to all those. And like, you know, peach and those like fruit tree things, meadow orchard tree things that are going on. Um, and a crisp bitterness. So mm. already you'll see from, well, this is probably about the same bitterness as the last beer, right? Do you notice it being perceptibly higher or lower? Or lower. Lower, you think? Yeah. I think they're likely, I think they're likely about mm. even. Maybe we should have started with this. I was hesitant, you know? It's okay. It nice color, man. It yeah. looks good. Kyle's looking great. Mine's a little cold because I've uh, just grabbed it from the fridge. So I, I got a, feel, a feeling like as we talk, it's going to uh, open up a little bit. I'm going to catch a bit more. Right now, it's just it's beautiful and crisp. Everything you described it, perfect. I love the cereal vibes, like the real toffee malt is, is money. Yeah. I think I feel like it's subtle, but maybe as it warms the bit, and this will ramp up, and then it'll start to get more like the uh, the double. You're probably right, bro. You know more about this shit than me. I like the balanced sweetness in it too. Like it's, I feel like this style is like because it's so malt forward, is inherently a little sweeter. Um, it's just so crushable. Like this is a great like a food beer. Like you can sit there and just crush them. I would love yeah. to have this with a meal. I feel like it would really complement the flavors. Of, I don't know what specifically. I'm not that good with that shit, but I just feel like this is. You're really tasty with. I mean, anything roasted, anything sweet, you know. Yeah. Apple pie. It's fucking delicious. Who cares? (laughs) Just drink it. it (laughs) I wouldn't say drink it. I'd say put it in you. Put it in you. Fucking put it. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm Mm. I'm proud that like this is an old timey thing for Frank, and I think Frank's stoked about this beer and. I'm happy. I think people are stoked. This was always a, a, a big, a good seller at the bar, you know? Pale Ale's. Monty. Yeah. Monty Python and like Frank's appreciation of Monty Python. Oh, was that why the, the crown on the pigeon? Yeah, the Holy Grail. So the name of the beer at first was Monty Python's Killer Rabbit. <laughs> okay. That somehow mm-hmm. always flew under the radar of whatever huge conglomerate is like owns the rights to Monty Python. We got hit by Star Wars. We got hit by many different, uh, you know, uh, entertainment organizations or pop culture yeah. organizations for like riffing on some shit like people do. But Monty Python never, ever <laughs> got win. So, you didn't want to push your luck on this one? You thought you just uh, abbreviated it? Well, maybe not. Na- yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. All, all of these beers kind of got abbreviated. 
Oh, no. I mean, no, they're all direct shout outs without saying it. I don't know. I think we could get we could get hit by any of these people. We'll see. Fuck uh, it. You know, they're like, are they one-off beers? I think it's like you said, and like I was saying earlier, it's something I want to touch on about these styles that, like you said, are gaining steam. Maybe not the Belgian doubles, but you know, now we're gonna we're gonna get into this special bitter, and then we got this American Pale Ale coming up, and the West Coast IPA coming up. Like people are doing this. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really is. So we thought we we mm. thought there would be one-offs, but people are saying like, oh, this is let's just stick around. I don't know. How how do you feel about that? Sure, I don't know. Whatever the people want, man. I want to brew beer for my community, not not whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I want to brew beer for my community. <clears throat> so if my community wants that, let's go. I love it, bro. That's uh, that's what the fuck it's about, right? So the yeah, the um, okay. So we were so this is beautiful. Really enjoying it, and I think that's a really good point that you made. That like. Like we're talking about it coming back, and I guess as we get into it, we'll talk more. But I think it's just like it's kind of fascinating that you know you're a brew that's celebrating such a massive milestone that isn't the most common thing in the world. I you know I do a lot of these podcasts. I don't talk to many breweries who've been around for ten years, to be honest. And um, so already oh, that's nice. huge. No, honestly, it's a big deal, and and you know a bit of a bonus here because you know we're, you know homie, right? So like we actually talk, and and uh, I really I'm, I'm genuinely stoked for you guys. So I think what you did with this is just such a, a fun throwback and just bringing back these old recipes but it's extra but because you could have brought you know i don't know 10 years ago you could be making anything and maybe some of those styles were so like nobody's buying that beer but oh well, like like a belgian double you mean <laughs> not not in this province if you're in ontario I'd probably have a bit more trouble <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i don't know i don't but know like, I, I think it's selling fine i, I don't see a ton around here so there you go. <laughs> I, I, I think here in Quebec, you guys literally have no problem moving a Belgian-style beer. But even just like, you know, people want the West Coast. This is like, I see a lot of people, a lot of like the more purest type of beer nerds that I know, like lose their shit. Like I genuinely mean it, like over ESBs in general, like they, or English Milds. Um, they really yeah. get excited about it. And, and at first I kind of was like, ah, relax, bro. Like, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I really have this appreciation for it. So I was really looking you, you were like, look, mate. Look, mate. I was like, Simma. <laughs> look. <laughs> Should we call this episode Lyric, mate? How do you spell Lyric? You want. How do you spell it? <laughs> Lyric, mate. Lyric, mate. Like L-U-K-E? Yeah, that's L-U-K-E. Lyric, Luke. mate. Luke, Mike. Oh, it sounds different. M A I T. Luke, Mike. Luke, Mike. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so I keep distracting you. So we were um, obviously, you know, so you said 2015, you bought in, you guys were doing cans. So you guys were, um, I distinctly remember seeing your stuff around because you, you know, you were one of the first breweries to go straight into cans. At the time, I felt like Quebec was a bit behind. A lot of that stuff was in the 330 or 375 mil bottles. Um, we were, we were, yeah, for sure. And you were doing the short cans and I feel like it, you guys, it's like you guys hit on something like fucking five, six years before it was like cool because you were doing low ABV beers predominantly, which is your shit, like sub five, I would say for the most part. Is that fair to say? So that, that was definitely, yeah, 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 for sure. 
and doing them in short cans. So it's like you were making products that people would probably buy in bulk. Fair? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. That's no. like for a, 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 you know, a retail expert in Quebec because our beers are likely still sold the vast majority in singles and Lucy's. You know, people buy one or two beers for okay. sure in general. Well, because um, they're so light, though, would you say? Because, like, and I, always, I guess I'm thinking of you specifically because you, you were, and I always told you have a preference for lower ABV beers because you like to, you know, have more beers over a longer time than maybe like three, eight percent. For sure, like for that. sure. What happened mm. is just, well, there's two things that happened. We were a contract brewery. Okay. Oh, this is a bad story to tell. I think, I think we did talk about a lot of the canning shit on the last podcast, but I'll tell the story. Everybody knows the story, like production or contract breweries have higher overheads because they pay for contracting mm -hmm. and then they pay for distribution, you know what I mean? And so their cost is just that, it's just the contracting. Everybody pays for distribution, but like all of a sudden you have 20% added on top of the cost to the consumer, mm -hmm. you know? So the reason our beers I don't feel like, and I mean, everybody out there can correct me if I'm wrong, and please do buy the beer in volume if you can, you know? The reason the beer at the price point was high at the beginning, the price point was high, too high to buy in volume, okay. I feel like. Fair. And the reason that was so high was because of the contract aspect. We had this other cut to shell out. And so we all of a sudden we had a can that was $3, a small can that was $3, you know, and that's like five years ago or coming up on seven years ago. Mm. And like, I think people couldn't get behind that or, or like couldn't get behind buying, you know, spending 75 bucks on a case of beer at that time. Mm. Now I think, I think beer people don't care. And, and I don't know, I certainly felt as if I was, um, an agent of gentrification of the beerscape or the beer market of like driving up prices. I, I do feel that way, man, that like we, we sold small cans for X amount of dollars that people were like, Oh shit, did you see how much homeboy was selling it? But I think that's also a fallacy at the same time. That's my emotions. But I think that my man Remy crunched the numbers then and there and like liter per liter, we always tried to stay, in the ballpark of what the competitors were doing hmm. um, and still make some kind of a profit. Some beers you, you don't make a profit on. And certainly when we were con contract brewing, there were beers that we did not make profit on. And you just want to, you know, take up market share and like move beers hmm. um, to let people, you know, know you're there. Um, but having had that in, inflated price, because of contract brewing has like giving us, given us buffer room. So now that we have our own facility that the, the prices have stayed relatively stable. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's not like, margin. yeah, the, we, we, we got the same margin. Mm. Even now we're charging a similar amount for the beer as we charged six years ago or seven years ago. <laughs> but that as of two years ago, we were able to absorb, you know what I mean? Inflation and everything. That was the cut from the contract brewery at the time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, has that changed in this facility that you're in, which we're going to talk about in a second, but now that you're able to brew it all yourself, 
um, control everything from, you know, packaging, uh, you know, from making it up to packaging and then obviously selling it out of your boutique that you have uh, at the, the big facility and then obviously through your distribution network. Is that, has that made it a little better, easier? Yeah, show, show them around. Can I turn, can I turn this shit around? I yeah, don't know how. Fuck. Oh, uh, do you know what? On this, probably not. So just like, just do a spin if you can. I'm on a chair that rolls. Look at that. So right behind you there is the, uh, that's the tasting room. There's a couple humans People in there. Partying. Look, just having a good fucking time, you know? Yeah, mate. Oh, it's a bloody ripper, that is. It's a, it's a beautiful facility. We'll, we'll talk about it in a sec, but has that made it um, a little, has it eased any pressures or, or made things a little smoother for you? What do you mean, dude? So like you, obviously when you contract, there's things that you can't control. You, you physically out, weren't allowed to brew. Um, and also oh, the, I mean, there's less it's, cut it's, you have to give. I, I think it's apples and oranges. Like I said about the profit cut, we were able to like keep our prices relatively similar since seven years ago, not having our own space, but it's not like we're making 20% more on the beer is that everything's gone up, especially now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but for as far as like the having control over the beers, of course, I, at one point I like did not brew the beer anymore, you know, and now I do make every beer. So, <laughs> so you're happier with the, uh, the product? I mean, because That's now insane. if it's, if it fucks up, it's on you as opposed to like, man, this guy didn't do it right or whatever, you know, you know what, you know, what's funny is like, Am I happy with the product? I think that, you know, when you, I don't want to, at the, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding pretentious, when you make art or when you make stuff, it's not whatever art, when you make stuff, you're often not stoked about it as the creator, right? And you got to keep working, 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 working. So it's still that, you know what I mean? Um, but people, people have noticed the have noticed a change in the way the beer tastes. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't want to say quality. I don't want to say quality because it sounds like I'm throwing shade at this other producer, which I'm not because my man, Julian Affelson, who I've already shouted out, was the brewer at the contract space too, you know? He's now the brewer here, but he was the guy over there too. Um, but there was, they had a lot of beers to brew and they, did, they couldn't spend as many hours Per, per recipe as I can here, you know what I mean? Um, but but on, on the overall, people are like stoked on the way the beers are coming out. And that's a comment that I have had a lot since we opened. Like, the beers are way better every time and the beers are better. The beers are always better and cool. That's great. Is it something I, 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 I noticed? I guess, you know, but I still think the beers could be better. I think that's, that's just like being the creator, you know, you, you're always, you always think you can get better. Yeah. Because if you I didn't, you're a fucking dickhead, you know? Oh, yeah, well, you're not uh, being harsh enough, goddammit. Every, every brewer I've ever spoken to who is contracting and then moved to their own facility has said exactly that, that, you know, Overhop is another example, you know, the homies as well, like, they, uh, you know, their stuff is more how they wanted it because just because of that control. So I was just curious to, just to see. So, so, so I think that that's the tag that I'll put on there. So, I mean, I've talked to other people who, who since we've, I've left contract brewing, they're still there. Um, and like, 
they bitch about that shit still, right? Of like, I don't have control. I don't have control. Sure, fine, man. But when you're contract brewing, you don't have to be there like shoveling shit all motherfucking day or whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever's going down, you got to be there for 20 hours or, you know, you're jackhammering, you're digging, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much fucking work. Yeah. Uh, and when you're contract brewing, it's sitting pretty for, for real. Um, and so wh- when you have that control, it comes with major responsibilities of fulfilling your promise to your consumer. You know what I mean? Mm. Of like making calls that like, you know, can be difficult or, I don't know. I think that like having control is not necessarily an, a means to an end. Hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't take away your worries. It, it way amplifies your worries exponentially. Hmm. Um, and, and not me, obviously this is a stress-free zone. You know me. <laughs> and I mean, I'm uh, not, but like I'm a G and like, I know how this shit works and I can make it work. You know what I mean? Um, but to all those people who like want to open a brewery, it's the pain in the ass, man. For real. I can imagine. I've never, uh, as much as I'm sort of adjacent to the beer world, I've never had any aspirations to do it. I see what you guys go through. I'm like, I'm going to stay, stay this side and just enjoy the products and enjoy the people and uh, not have to shovel the shit. Fuck that. It's interesting that like, so again, I, I keep talking about the theme of, you know, this Buster Blick is the people. It's the people who are at the bar. It's the people who buy the beer. It's the people who work here. And specifically to the people who work here, I think the, like, what made me flip modes from, like, my squad. Not, wanting to, not wanting to be a brewery with beers on the shelves mm-hmm. to, like, making beers on the shelves was twofold. Was one, like, working with my, 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 my business partners because I always had a great time working with Frank and, and Dom and... And Pierre and Remy, I'd never worked with, but now, now I have. So I was, still, I was driven, because they were driven to work for the company, because they did not for a long time, you know? Yeah. Until, we, until we started making more bank to bring those people on, my, my business partners, so now they're, we're all employees of the company, except for one person. Um, but but I, I am really driven, and this is going to sound like some fucking white boy, you know, merchant ass shit. But like, I, I really love creating jobs for people. That's the driver for me is to like make money so people can get money, man. You know what I mean? Bro, that's not a bad thing. Like, that's been out. I, I, I resonate with that strongly. It's nothing. There's nothing bad to say about that. Bro. That's amazing. No, 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 no. But like, it's it's a position of privilege. It's like a statement that I can make because I'm a yeah. privileged motherfucker that I have this shit and that I say that, that yo, my major driver is is to 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 give give to share this with the community around me. You know, including jobs and and specifically jobs in this case. Um, so that opportunities. But that but 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 throwing back to what I was saying before, that's. That, that is responsibility. You know, you got payroll to hit, and that's real. Yeah, it is. Um, but, but that's what it's all about for me. That's the major driver for me. And I think the same thing of a lot of people in the organization. Hmm. All people in the organization. Of course, everybody wants to have love and share love and be love up in this. 
<laughs> I fucking love it, man. I think that's really admirable, and I haven't heard anyone say that for a while. It's something that when Tiff and I always had the goal for our shit to to employ people to to share um, opportunities with people and just to do shit and actually contribute and give back. Um, you can pour that up there. This is uh, what did you call it before? A couple of pops for dad. dad. Dad pops. This is uh, what Simbo does when you, you you're drinking with a slow bloke like me. You got to have a couple crushes in between. That's the old classy beer at Balcon Framboise. You know the fucking vibes. So what I always say about the the Balcon is like you know it's your it's your anytime beer. So this is like a placeholder beer for me right now. But you can drink a Balcon like I don't know before you take your driving test, uh, before you go to the dentist, <laughs> before you fucking. Have your baby shower before you <laughs> go to a funeral, like before you brush your teeth or whatever. This is a beer you can, you can, you can, you can just put anywhere. Some might say, put it in you. You can put it in you wherever you want. That's the episode. Put oh, put it in you. It's the best episode name. What am I talking? Look, mate. Put it in you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I gotta note that down. So I want to move on to the to the the new facility as well. But maybe I don't know. Do we want to talk about like you know one of the things that I like I said to you, we both seem to love about the the original pub is the the good times there, like the parties and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you want to like touch on that and just sort of what you've sort of created for for both the brand, for the people, for the community, and, and for Oshilago. Like you think of Oshilago, I think of Las Vegas. Oh, respect. Um, well, Simo, but yeah, I, ha- I have a list of like notes of like parties and like stories and like, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy spot. This Buster Glick is a dope, really great spot. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know who your viewership is. If, 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 if people who haven't been, you should go. <laughs> if you're a, if if you're an MPL, I think like it can be described. Uh, people describe it as like a a dive bar scene, and it is that insofar as a dive bar has a community of people, you know. Um, but like Cred says, it's not like it's not just wasted people fighting and puking and shit. No. Um, there is that. There's actually very little fighting at the bar, which is cool. Obviously, it's the craft beer and it's 2020, 2020, 2020, whatever. But, like, there's been very, very, very few episodes of violence, which is ideal in any place of business. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want very few episodes of violence wherever nice. you work. Um, but we're a bar. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I sh- what, what I want to say, and I know I'm repeating myself, but it's a collection of stories. It's a, it's a coming, uh, a coming together point with the confluence of like people's, you know, political views, the meteorological views, just a neighborhood bar, like a, a place where everybody comes together Everybody is welcome, and it's all good, man. I don't know. Do you have any like, – does anything come to mind, maybe like the craziest shit you've seen, and not in a bad way, like all the coolest thing that you think may have happened 
at the bar or maybe like a cool thing. Like, well, these two people connected at the bar. I was there when they met and then they went and did this cool thing. Like something like that. Yeah. So uh, a, a lot, a few marriages and that's real, man. That's like people meeting and getting married because of this place. Um, that's really cool. There's a few babies and people meeting and getting married and having babies because of this place, you know? Amazing. Um, and, and people sticking around, like I said, we have, we're, we've been around for 10 years. Well, we've had, a, there's a lot of employees still with us that have been there for 10 years. And, um, so, so in the sense of the craziest shit, I mean, that's crazy. A place that like, I'm, I'm deeply involved and, and committed to and whatever has produced this extra community. You know what I mean? Has produced this thing that like doesn't necessarily happen. I don't know. That's cool. You know, baby. Yeah. We, we made beers and then we made babies. So that's beers cool. and babies. Ooh, that could um, be another episode. Um, some of the like, this is going to be gross, but for people is like some community of, of crew and it gets really rowdy on some nights with dick beers. Like homies like putting their dicks in beers on like a, a, a particularly busy night of the year. Um, that sounds really offensive, obviously. It is really offensive. Here for it. In the right context, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, Dick beers. Uh, that was a bad one. I shouldn't have told that one, Sai. What are you going to say now? But, well, I, I want to be like, how can I get involved? In yeah. You, you, we can't. You and I can't. Yeah, we got too we far. Would, we would... We can't do it. Okay. You know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have the, we don't have what it takes. Oh, I'm yeah. not even talking about like, I'm not talking about packing either. I'm not talking about <laughs> holding on down there. I'm just saying like, I don't have time. charisma. I don't have enough charisma and personality to put my dick in a beer and have it be beautiful and have it be like a, a thing. You know Who what drinks I mean? the beer? Is it the person who puts it? It's your own beer. They put it in their own beer. No, normally somebody else sometimes. Normally, look, it's only happened a few, a handful of times. But we can we can take this offline and we can talk about this afterwards because uh, I'm gonna need to know more about the dick beers. I don't know. Oh, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have told that <laughs> one. Uh, look, another another beautiful thing about the bar, or uh, like amazing thing. Uh, I look at my notes here. Yeah, I like that you got these. Look at this similar. This, ladies and gentlemen, is how you come prepared for a conversation. This is beautiful. You look like a mafia dude who just went to Jamaica. Yeah, that's, that's, part of, that's part of the look. Like I was saying, before the podcast, I was telling Craig what I wanna, I've got this like biker thing going on. With that mullet, soon to be mullet. Oof. Oof. The reason I said the, I, the reason I said the dick is because it was on the top of the list, but, the, but it was not in order of importance at all. It was just, it was a brainstorm. <laughs> and so now I'm like looking at all of it. All of it's like, relatively, it's re relatively vapid in the sense that it was like, you know, moments that happened. They're great stories. All these are stories. I, I, I'm going to stand by what I said before, that the most amazing thing that I've seen is like people getting married and having babies because of the thing. Oh yeah. Wait a second. This one, this one's crazy. And I know like, I'm going to keep talking about babies, whatever. Yes. I know you don't 
But like this beer. Yes, back on. I, I brewed for a midwife service. So there was a particular mm. midwife community that like had babies for all of the people for like 10 babies who were born at the bar like six, seven years ago, five, four, five, six, seven years ago, whatever. Um, and when I'm sure I told this story on the last podcast too, but here we go. You probably did. Who even knows? Um, I, I just like, I, I didn't have any other presents to give to my midwife. So I was like, yo, I make beer. I'm going to make this beer. And that was a really beautiful moment to see these like people who don't come drink craft beer, hanging out, drinking this craft beer. And then they were like, really like, don't tell anybody we're here drinking this beer because we're not supposed to be drinking beer or whatever. That was a cool moment. That's sick. I love that. Yeah. I was trying to think even like we, ha you and I have done like four or five collabs since 2018. And even just our experience doing those and having the parties and stuff, we were just speaking to everything that you're saying. Like we did the first beer of a cons in 2018, which was our creamsicle sour uh, with lactose. And we did it in the bar. And then we had the launch that was during Mundial in 2018, I believe. Um, got really fucked up because we kept having the pint glasses and because you guys are literally the most hospitable humans in the world. You would take the pint glass and wherever I'm at, you just top it back up. So I had no gauge as to how much I was drinking. That night fucked my entire week because I had podcasts at Mundial all week. Uh, I was dying for like four days afterwards. So that means you had a good fucking time. And we did... Uh, Another version, a ramped up version, the 6% at the bar. We had an event for that. Then we did the um, uh, blackberry, blueberry version, which we called the Dream Sequel, because it was originally called the Dream Sequel, and then we changed the name. And, you know, then we ended up packaging I forgot about, it. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was, it was uh, like last week or the week before in, I think that was the following year. I think we did... I can't even remember. It was 2018 and 2019. We did like three versions on draft only to test it out. It was just such a fantastic experience because we came and hang out for brew day and everything. And like, once again, hanging out with Simba is always a pleasure. And you let us put the lactose in and like you even made the uh, the first version. You made a, um, a marmalade with limes and, and oranges and stuff. Uh, made the vanilla essence, you know, with, uh, you know, liquor, I guess, vodka and, and the fucking. Um, Which is still how we do, still how we do it now. So it's, like it's we, we went back to we went back to the the OG way and like it's, it's killer. That's the best way. And like those experiences, just to speak to that in the bar, like we had parties for everyone, and you know a lot of the time that like, people would come by um, and hang out, and there'd be other brewery friends because they already know you guys, so they were probably going to be yeah, there anyway. Because 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 that's my shit. Mm. Because my whole thing is like, okay, if we make this beer. It's all good to make a beer. I want to like have a moment where we all come together and do that. Sorry, continue. No, that was it. I, I want this to be both of us contributing to this. But like doing these collabs with you means a real lot to us, man. Like you know, when you offered to do these in cans in 2019, the first time I think it was, and then we had that Depener the pickup um, in uh, like kind of Milex or wherever the fuck that was, kind of the little Italy yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, we had this wicked party with a barbecue and like we did the can launch there and they just looked so sexy and it was just like so dope. And now that was, me, like, that, that, that was me and you who were sexy though. Oh yeah, we were the sexiest ones. Me, you and the can. And uh, the can. You know the vibes. Me and Simo out here. And it was just so between, dope. Between me, between me, you and the can. 
It's a threesome I'd love to see again. Fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just such a dope vibe, man. Like I think about that from time to time because it was just so good. And now we've this is like we've created and this is like just my experience with you. And I know I'm you know, you do a lot of great collabs, which I, I really love. And the fact that you uh down to do this every year, you always check in with me when you don't have to, uh, to do this beer again. We do it every summer. Um, which has become yeah, yeah. something that people really look forward to. And then we did the the um, uh, blueberry guava passion fruit one in, like I think it was November, December. Which Yo, is, we should talk about that for a minute, man. People are super stoked. People can, love that shit. Honestly, bro, I, I have some in the fridge. I always keep it on deck. It's one of my favorite I, things. I went, Go I went to a restaurant called uh, Palm the other day. Palm? I love so Palm. Fast. Jamaican oh my like, god! It, well, it's like yeah, Caribbean, Asian, this, Caribbean, like Asian sorry. J- J- but it is. They do throw to JA. They throw to Trinis. It's like a. It's a Caribbean spot, you know. It's our fave. Um, Love it. Yo, they had they had two beers available. One was Red Stripe, and the other was the other Vacal's Blueberry Guava. Palm stocks the beer of a cup, so blueberry palm. Oh, sick. That's honestly, what? bro. Like, oh my god, I, that is. So I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know. I walked in. You're like, and like, I got some. I get some rum, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get a beer, like with my, you know, main whatever. And they got two beers, Stripe and fucking Vacal's Blueberry Guava. Did you tell them? Sick. Yo, that I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. That restaurant is amazing, man. That's all I want to eat. I just want to tell everybody right now. Palm. Everybody right now, go <laughs> hit up Palm on Thick Athens Street. It's amazing. It's the best. Honestly, the best. They have these crazy like spring rolls that they put like Caribbean shit into that we always yes, get. Yes, 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 yes. The mac and cheese so with good. the fried chicken. And they got like the shrimps in the mac and cheese. Oh, man. Palm is oh, the problem. I ha- we had to stop getting it because it was like – you know, the beer is bad enough, but uh, the, we have to, like, space it out when we get We were getting it, like, every other week. It's, like, it's, it's a lot. It's just so good, man. Fantastic. It's a lot. Show. It's so good. But I love so that. So that, that, that. That made my day. That's that's so beautiful. So we can bust one of those out later. But just, you know, doing that, doing these collabs with you and I, like, seeing what that sort of continually, you know, and we're always elaborating on, on these different things, coming up with new ideas. And I, and then if, I imagine that you are doing that with the, a lot of the other people that you're working with. You catch a vibe. And you keeping those relationships building and just putting out dope products with people that you fuck with. And it's sort of, there's just something really cool about that. And I think that's, it just, I don't know, it just really speaks to the brand and you specifically. Cause so that, that's, that's certainly on the list, right? And um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's cool achievements. It's definitely something I can look back on and say, you know, we've, we've done cool collaborative products. I've scratched my itch to like, hang out with crew and like share moments and share ideas and share, share, share a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hope that that's been cool for people. It, it was for me, but I hope that people enjoyed it too, you know? So I think that's why it's something that I, I didn't include on the list of like, I'm saying, what's been so amazing. Um, obviously that's been so amazing, but that's like my, my, my MO, you know, I'm out there to do that to hang out with people and do that. And like I said a little bit earlier, that was definitely a, a mandate. It wasn't a mandate to invite people in and do collabs. It was a mandate to like throw 
parties or invite people to the bar to drink beer and me tell them about beer. Fuck that. First of all, like I have no interest in like going and telling you about the beer because I'm anti-tyranny. I'm anti like top down information. I don't want to be the person like telling you how it is. You do you baby. But like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about like saying, you know, well, well, what's your shit like? What's up with you? Like you live in the hood? Like you, you coming over? Like, I don't know. That, that, that is, is amazing. But for me, I don't know if it's amazing for other people. Um, but you know, being able to do that, um, has been, like I said, my life is dope and I do dope shit, man. And I can't wait to get back and doing shit for real. Cause I got lots of, Lots of events I want to throw, man, and I just haven't been able to do them. You know, we did two beer events since the pandemic. That's it. Mm. That Normally, sucks. we would have done 20. You mm. know what I mean? Um, and we haven't. We, we can't, you know, you, you can't responsibly do them. We were talking about this earlier. Like, Yeah. It's hard, you know? man. I mean, Hard. maybe maybe things will, like, as things kind of seem like most restrictions will be dropping next month. So maybe uh, look, look, uh, look, Mike. Please, I'm, please, Mike. I'm booking. I'm I'm booking shit, man. Like we had a party we were supposed to do with Ildegar that we couldn't do, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but we we got parties coming up. I'm doing the the Cascoras coming to town, man. My homie's over at the Cascora coming, and we're gonna do a party here. Nice. Um, the pickup, my man Mark, he just opened another. Well, he just opened. He opened another spot in March 2020 in Hushlega, across the street from the bar, basically, one block over. But he does like, well, he does burgers right now. But like, he started as like fried chicken. I don't know. This place is dope. Go check out the pickup in Hushlega if you haven't. He came and hung Amazing. out when we were at the brewery. He came by, didn't he? Like we, I was when, when we were there. Prob- me, yeah, you and Dan, probably, Dan yeah. came. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, because remember you tell me yeah, yeah. when me and him met when we did the thing. It was very brief at the at the thing. I remember he came by. Yeah, that was dope. Okay, sick. Basically, my whole my my whole pandemic has just been hanging out with Mark. <laughs> you know, kicking it with Uncle Mark. And speaking of Mark, we're gonna Mark. bring Gary in right here, mate. Speaking of Mark, here's Gary. Fucking Gary, the old American paler. Can I tell you something about Gary real quick? Um, When I was like 15, we were obsessed with the name Gary because I thought it was funny. I just thought Gary was like the funniest name ever. And then in Australia, I shit you not, we were, it's a peak Gary obsession. And they brought out a series of flavored milks called Gary. And I just, I couldn't believe that that even happened in my life. It was like, you know, being obsessed with something dumb for no reason. Like I just called everyone Gary and that just made no sense. And then there was yeah. this flavored milk called Gary. And now you have a fucking pale ale called Gary. Bloody ripper that is, mate. What's interesting is that I think that's a lot of people's experience with the name Gary. Like <laughs> really? People have told me basically, basically exactly that in the past couple of months. Of like, no. Yo, Gary's jokes, and it's not a real... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Gary's, no, Gary's jokes, we used to call each other Gary. It's not a real name. And like, apparently there's a statistic recently that... Like, Nobody's been named Gary officially on the record for like five years. What? Like nobody's fucking with Gary no more. <laughs> Gary's not a name. It's gone. <laughs> but like I thought, I oh, thought fuck. like wasn't I, I don't uh, and you know my my 
entomology is going to give me a way that like I don't know where Gary is from. I, I thought it was maybe a Gregory world. I don't know, but Gary. I mean, it's, it definitely gives me Gregory vibes. It's just such a funny name. It's now I'm going to get a dog and call it Gary for sure. I think that's a you good should. dog name. I feel like it's. A, I've got another dog name that's even better. We're getting. We're looking Yo, to get a dog soon. Are you guys? Are you guys going to move to the county, man? Did you check that out? Is that happening? Uh, it's changed in the end, but I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. But when we are going, we're looking to purchase in uh, Ontario. Um, nice. In the in the coming months, uh, so not the county anymore, but um, closer to the fam. Um, and they're going to get a dog. I've got to. Oh, I could tell you the dog's name, Barrington. Is that the coolest fucking name ever for a dog? The best name. It's like the J- J- Jamaican dog names. I just think it's like amazing. Um, and now I need a Gary. I didn't know that. Out of the Barrington Levy, believe me. <laughs> what's the next line now? Oh, most. Um, what's the next line? Something about your chief, te- your chief teepee. One, two, three. Your chief teepee. Yeah. What's that? It's um, uh, redefinite. Okay, it's definition. The original one, not the remix. I think it's. No, I think it's redefinition. Is oh, it? it is definition. You're right. You're right. I think it's the original because no, it's got right. that other beat. No, hang on. It's the one with the remix. Uh, wah, 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 I have wah. that like. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's like I the, have the, 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 I have the beat. Do. I have the beat of redefinition on my head on it, but I don't know. Man. I don't know. Yeah, we have to double check that. Classic if everyone doesn't know. So Gary's an American Pale Ale. Um, tell us about the beer and why is it called Gary? Because that's fucking awesome. This is another Frank recipe. Okay. Um, Frank, Frank, Frank Pale Ale. It's funny, like drinking a little bit now that I had. Um, yeah, he, he was just he was just spitballing, you know, throwing shit at the wall at the okay. beginning, and like you need to you need to make a pale ale, not spitballing. He, I guess, he had this. I, I don't know. Frank, Frank should would be better at telling the story. I guess. Yes, like I he had this recipe, or he made up this recipe for whatever reason. They brewed this recipe, I know, at Marcel Dumont in Saint Etienne, uh, and like okay. one, I think, their previous installation, which was their original installation, maybe I don't know. Anyways, um, the day they were bringing it back to the bar, like it was kegged, they must have gone and kegged it, and they were bringing like you know a hundred kegs or something to the bar was the day that this former Expos baseball player died. Okay. Now, so this ex-Expos baseball player, he, like, he's a shortstop, and I hope that's correct. Maybe he played second base. Gosh, I don't know. He was a player for the Expos that I am not familiar with, obviously. (laughs) Um, Maybe he was a fucking catcher, for all I know. Jesus Christ, I don't think so. Um. But homie died, and then like, okay, homie died. We're gonna name the beer after him, you know, respect. And so they did, and like, people people flipped out. Like people were really stoked about it ten years ago, and I think because of the name Gary, hmm. nothing about you know on the over, mostly probably not about the baseball player, but people were into the name Gary. Interesting. I understand. Really, just thought it and was. It was, us. It was it was easy to brand too. Baseball colors of this, like, you know, white, red, and blue thing. Like, that's easy to like. And they got some merch. They, they had some Gary merch. They had some Gary coasters and shit back in the day. And people liked it. People really liked it. I'd wear it. It was Gary a recipe t-shirt. that. 
people yeah. who were who were really people were really stoked on it and kept asking for the beer all the time. So it was a, a recipe that was I, I brewed many times over many years, and it was always a mess, man. I always had a hard time with this recipe, and sometimes we would hit it, but oftentimes we would not. Um, so today, the, the version that's brewed right now is like sitting pretty with it's the rest of the partners in the 10-year thing. There's caramel malt. There's bitterness. There's like it's the thing that that people don't do. <laughs> nope. Here we are. Cheers, mate. Get Put it in you. Put some Gary in you, mate. Mm. That's delightful. Nice and light. 75%. Yeah, so like, Piney, the, resin. Know, can, candy, but also like candied citrus, candied lemons, yeah. candied mar marmalade vibes, and then goes into this resinous world. It's bitter, but it's not as bitter as it is in my memory. I think we've done this the right way, man. We're really mm. ramping up into this bitterness. Because if mm. you went into this blind, like without drinking another beer, and I have done this recently, it's like, oh boy. It's a bit much, eh? Well, it's just not messing around, man. And we're so not used to that. There are yeah. not beers like that anymore, man. There are yeah. beers like a, that are not around. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember like back in the day, this was all we cared about was like tearing our tongue off with fucking bitterness. And like, this well, is... we, wanted, we wanted something that, uh, you know, clicked, clicked in the right way for us. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what hops are in this one, bro? By any chance? Don't stress. Oh. If you don't, if you don't know it, then don't worry. I'm just gonna add it to my thing. But um, I don't know off my heart. I would, I would guess El Dorado. I would guess Topaz. Again, I had a lot of Topaz. So anything that used to be some dank stuff in the past, I would throw Topaz out right now. Mm -hmm. And for these, all these brews, I think there's even Topaz in the Mad Dog. Um, not in the in the Monty. Okay, but. Things I used to use Columbus for, I threw Topaz at. And I also threw like El Dorado at. So I would guess El Dorado Topaz. Um, and there's something else. Probably Centennial. I don't remember. Okay, I'm just going to put I should have I should, I, I done this, man. Hey, man, this is just for me personally because I, I review them. But this is great. I really like I'm these. just going to take my phone and like <laughs> look it up. It's, it's no stress. I love it. This is fucking great though, man. I think this is a great recipe. And I think if, if people love Gary, like you said, because I really just thought it was us, um, that's even funnier to me. And that makes it even cooler. And I just feel like there's not like much, there's not many beers like this. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't know the beer nerds that I see and speak to, people love this shit, man. Like a nice West Coast IPA or pale ale is so welcome. Like people are fiending for this flavor profile now. I have not noticed. I don't know, dude. I know, I know that like wet West Coast IPA for sure. The pale ale is a funny beast, right? Everybody wants a dope pale ale. Everybody has this idea that like, if I can just get that really good pale ale, my life's going to be fixed for a minute. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's not a ton, man. There's not a ton around. Nope. Particularly in this taste. No. Nah, so that's, uh, this is great. I'm loving this so far. This is really fun, actually. It kind of it's like it's like a it's kind of like you guys have created like a time capsule 
with the beer, but still being able to tweak them enough to, to, to deliver a little bit of that modernity, if that's a word, with it. But yeah, 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 it's yeah. not. Definitely not the word. It's but not yeah. the word. Like, it's something a little bit today. Like, you probably people... I, I, I'm probably wrong. Modernity probably is a word. It's probably yeah. not. Who even knows? I'm making sure. But, like, say if, like, I don't know if Topaz existed in 2013 or something, right? So, like... Well, if, mate, you know where to, oh, you know where Topaz is from, fuck, bro. Get that up, here, mate. You know, <laughs> I fucking know the vibes, mate. You know, me and Gary, mate, fucking I, go back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I started buying I started buying Australian hops probably in like twenty. You know, when was Galaxy? When did Galaxy explode? Twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen. Yep. Something like that. So that's when I started buying Australian hops, and Topaz was one that jumped out at me right away. Um, also Ella, Ella, which became something else, right? Summer became summer. Ah, okay. And, and, and it was like, and it became shit. But I remember the first time I had it, it was like, yo, oh, I hope the HPA is not listening. Your hops are not shit. They're obviously fine. Keep going, guys. Um, but like Ella turned into not cool. Topaz was the hop that continued to show good good quality and i still buy it man i still use it in some shit well as evidence right now you know, it. it's a like i said i i use it to replace where i used to use columbus okay that's good because i would would have thought that columbus is a I, I, I don't know why 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 am i paying double or triple for <laughs> what i would pay for columbus but there's mm. something about topaz topaz is topaz is a thick hop man yeah i like it it probably delivers I imagine it just delivers more than what Columbus does. They have to for the price point. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the, uh, I know we've sort of like, we're dragging this out, but it's it's important, I think, to sort of really touch on the, the impact that, that the breweries had and that the bars had. So I remember when, I guess it was 2019, it must have been 2019, when the Blood Brothers were there and were hanging out and you you had the place where you're at now, the, uh, the Usine, I guess they call it in French, but the, the factory, the warehouse, the production facility. And um, I know, y'all, we had to film a podcast. I think we were there with Nate and we had to come back here to do a pod. So otherwise we would have, you guys were going to check it out. Um, yeah. So I know you were working with it for a while, the construction like team. Yeah. And, um, you know, you had some neighbors that were giving you a bit of a, you know, because obviously it's pretty noisy to, to put together a yeah. and dig all the stuff. But tell us about the process that, you know, got you to decide, because uh, you set it up really well by telling us that, you know, you never had the intention to do something like this. I guess probably the first question was what changed and then tell us about how it all happened. So the what changed I already talked about um, I already touched on. I did not talk about necessarily what changed for me was, like I said, was to work with these these people, you know, the to get jobs for my business partners, um, and that's it. That's the change. Okay. <laughs> so that that was the driving force to like expand. Um, this was not the first draft of the project. So we probably started working on this. Relatively quickly after I started, so if we founded the company in 2015, it was in the fall of 2015, that was only two years after I had been there, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's similar. Just same. 
Um, Blow and kisses. So, so, so it must have changed relatively quickly. And I remember what the project was. So like my, one of my business partners is like super stoked on doing new stuff all the time. I'm like always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, there was, we were going to start another brew pub in Chinatown and that kind of fell through. And then we were, we really wanted to start a, uh, uh, an uh, industrial food producers co-op. Okay. Um, and it was, it was with a bunch of other names that were around that, you know, seven, six, seven, eight, eight years ago, whatever. Um, um, and we worked hard, like uh, all those companies that we were with, I don't know if I should mention them, whatever, you know, we all put like 10, 15 grand into like advancing this project of like trying to like create a industrial food producers co-op that was like a hundred thousand square feet with like a marketplace in the middle and everybody had their like place where they made food and, or they made their thing. And then you sold it all at the marketplace in the center. Um, so that was like the first draft of this company. Um, it didn't work, right? It didn't ever take off fine. Um, but that was like the first glimpse at like fulfilling a thing that wasn't just making cans from making cans and putting our beers on the shelves. And it facilitated bringing, giving jobs to all the business partners, you know? So on paper, that thing made, that thing looked good. Mm. Um, and then like once we started going through iterations of that, we were like, okay, we should probably get the market research done. And at that time, a flag was popping off and it was an opportunity we had to like make beers under contract to see if these brands were viable, you know? So once we found out that, yeah, the beers work, the branding works, whatever, now we could like move forward and okay, well the, you know, the food producers co-op is, artisanal food producers co-op is off. Well, now we'll just work toward having our own space and building our own shit and inviting our own people over, I guess, you know? Dope. Yeah. That was the sequence of events. Okay. That, that, that changed. But the driving force was creating jobs for a, my business partners, and then creating jobs for other people once we got deep into this production brewing thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is viable. Like, we can go. We can roll, and we can create 20 jobs. You know, let's go. And how was it finding the... That's what we did. I love that. Was it difficult to find the, the spot? Space. Yeah. The space. The space took five years and 15 spots. Fuck. So Frank did, Frank did most of the legwork. I mean, I probably visited like six, seven of those spots. Mm. We, 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 got, we got deep into negotiations with three of them insofar as we spent money on two others, you know, at least like lawyer's fees, some architect's fees. Like we got pretty far with one at least, and then we got semi-far with another one. Frank was obsessed with having ceiling heights. So you can see here we have like 30 feet above us to the ceiling. And, and he was, he was correct, obviously, not uh, obsessed fine, but he was really into getting the hype for getting tanked. Mm. He was right. But that took a long time. This place that I'm sitting in right now, 
went onto the market on a Thursday and we signed the lease on Friday. It was Monday, but like well, Monday only because it like had to go. And like Frank, this was another building that Frank walked past. Like they put up the sign on Thursday in the window. Frank called them on Thursday and we had signed the lease on the Monday. That's amazing. It was just perfect as soon as you saw it. Yeah, it checked all the boxes. Well, you know how it is, like looking for an apartment or for a house or for whatever, you know, look, you find, you see the thing and you're like, oh shit, I've seen 15 other of this and this is the one, you yeah. know, but it yeah, took, nice. or did it take maybe four years, fine, between 2015 and 2019, Frank founded in 2019, mm. four years, 15, 15 buildings in a very defined location too, because we had decided we're not leaving like Hushlega, really. Mm. One of the buildings that we went forward with was like East Plateau that was almost in Hushlega. Like it was like at the train tracks where, where like Rachel and Mount Royal end. You know what I mean? Beside the Angus. Yeah, near by, by, yeah, yeah. By Paluzzo. Yeah, we had like started with a spot there, but like that fell through. Yeah, it took a long time, and like, yeah, it, it is about location, and like, I have no advice to give this idea of like, location, location, location. <laughs> I don't know if we have the right location. We have a location. We have the right location for our, our needs as a company, for sure, mm. you know? Um, but is it the right location to like, move forward? I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I love it, man. And it's my garage. I, li I live across the street. It uh, could not be more convenient. When we first came and visited, you took us to the rooftop, and um, you're just staring at the uh, the Olympic Stadium. It's, excuse me, it's beautiful. Like, right it was there. Just so cool. Yeah, it's just like right there. And uh, when we first came by, I think it was like November, not last year, but the year before. So it was starting to get nippy, but you're still working on the tap room, which is now well open. You have a private, beautiful beer garden at the back. With a space now for a, uh, a you know someone to be cooking fresh food for everyone there. You got the fridges so people can actually buy your cans for the first time on premise. Everything fresh, cans and bottles as well, because you got a bunch of special stuff, um, which I love. And you got like a shit ton of lions. <laughs> so I'm saying, man, yeah, it's it's killer, man. Like it's it's such a dope spot, and it's kind of cool because it's like it's right in the city, but it's like this cool tucked away sort of thing where you know you can you can just party and it's just, it's still got that list boss vibe. Like it's, it's different, but like I haven't actually been able to actually kick it there. I think, when did you open it? Were you open properly in summer? Oh no, I came past to pick up the, we, the cards we, in summer. We've barely been open, man. We, yeah, we opened in like, you know, July of this year. So we were open like August, September. We were open from August to December. Yeah. Okay. With Back obviously here. notwithstanding any government closures and all that stuff. Precisely. Yeah. No, yeah. So that, that was, we were open from August, September, October, November, and I don't know. Yeah, we, look, we, ha we had a great time. The place is dope, man. The place is really cool, and the community likes it. And that, like I said, that's important for me personally. I think it's important for us, you know, as a, as a company too, um, but that, like, the people who live around here, want to come here and want to hang out and like do this thing. 
And for the first time, Craig, I'm starting to see regulars, and that's cool, man. As like, you know, people who have people who have bars know that your bars are rolled by your regulars, man. Like, if you have a space, all you need is people going into your space, and regulars are those people, and it's amazing. It's really cool to see. We haven't seen that because, like, literally, we've been open for four months or whatever, three, four months, you know. I love it. We 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 reopened like last week or the week before. And now you can see these people coming on the same kind of days every week. And it's dope. Right on. That's fucking amazing, bro. I never thought of it like that. For, for the people who are considering like coming to check it out, which you absolutely should, what's the difference in, say, the um, – I know obviously the ambiance is different because it feels more like a traditional brewery tap room. Obviously, the outdoor yeah. section, though, is completely different because it's like full tables. You're in like you're fully like – uh, locked in when this district, but the sun still hits you nice. Like it's really nice. What what are the as far as your offerings? Is there anything that you're offering at this tap room that say you couldn't get at the bar, or, or even vice versa? Yes, both ways definitely. Um, so in Quebec, in a in a tap room, and I think you know different in all kind of provincial jurisdictions, but like have this tap room. We can't sell liquor, first of all. So there's no shops over here. We can't yeah. even, like in Quebec, you can't sell um, other, any other product that has not been made into alcohol at this facility. Okay. So how people get around this is sometimes they get two addresses and then you can like get permission from your municipality to like have a bar or restaurant permit in one place and have your production facility in another. So we have a restaurant permit here, but because we've only got the one address or because it would be, uh, we think it would be difficult municipally to push an envelope to serve other products, okay. you know? It's something we're gonna do likely in the future is try to actually make a, a, a bar so you could come and have cider. You can come and have products that weren't manufactured here. So for the time being, the only thing that's exactly for the time being, the only thing on offer that has alcohol in it had to be made here. Well, isn't so that, that a leads shame. to a situation? Yeah, well, I'm joking, it, no, I'm joking. This it, fucking it, amazing. It's it's cool for in a in a certain respect, it's cool. It's a bummer for people who don't or can't drink beer. You know what that's I mean? True. And it's immediately close to them. You know what I mean? Could you, um, and that, yeah, that's true. That's like that becomes an exclusivity thing, and it's like something I'm not stoked on for people who like don't drink beer and who live in the community and who want to come and get loose at the spot. You mm. know? So that's like a it's a thing for them because not everybody drinks beer. We're we're talking that's about fair. beer on a beer podcast, but like in order to be inclusive to everybody, like ideally you have something for everybody to drink, non-alcoholic, alcoholic in all its forms, you know, gluten-free or, or not or whatever. Hmm. So, so, so that's, it's, it's not a problem. It's just a part of the experience. So if you come here, you're, you're going to drink beer. So, but we also do have beers here that you can't get at the brew pub and beers at the brew pub that you can't get here. Obviously, none of the beers from the brew pub could come here. Right. But all the beers from here can go there, but don't because of like small runs. We're always like knocking off a few kegs of something special and cool, you know? I mean, that's 
something dope about that though that sort of encourages people to make sure you still check out both locations because the brew pub has a bunch of five is it 500 liter um fermenters or is it six yeah exactly yeah so you've got these small batches, batch. yeah. and that's beautiful right down there you got a whole bunch of like real small batch specialty shit that you can only get there then over here you know like you said you got a bit of a mix between the stuff that you're pumping out plus all you know small batch stuff could you do like do you, could you do non-alcoholic stuff like maybe you could make some you know, flavored carbonated sure. water and all that type of shit. You can do those Absol- things. Absolutely. Could Absolutely. you, you know how sometimes, and I imagine, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, say, you know how some people do like, um, cider, like Drew did something recently, kind of wacky. And he did like a, a collab with, uh, with another brewery where they, where they sort of, I think they kind of blend like apple must essentially with some sort of sure. beer and then make this kind of beer cider hybrid. Could you? Are you allowed to make some sort of cider-based product, or does it have to have the multi barley in it for you to be able to make it? 51 percent. So you're allowed to like bring in. Oof! Now I'm not sure. I was about to say other alcohols. I can buy finished beer from another brewery and blend it with finished beer here and package it as long as it's 51 percent my own beer from here. Understood. You know what I mean? So that doesn't solve the problem so, for the, the people who don't. I, 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 I'm not sure. No, exactly. This always has to be 51% of a blend from here. I'm not sure if I can buy finished cider or finished wine or finished liquor. Liquor, definitely not. I can buy like, I can, mm. I can ferment, I can ferment other juices for sure. As long as it's, and I'm not even sure that that 51% rule still holds. It might be less or more, or I don't know. But there's definitely stuff that I have done and continue to do. Um, I'm, I'm not really, I don't buy a ton of juice because I, I like don't have those skills yet necessarily to like, to make a drink that I know is going to be good with must on a large scale. But I can gotcha. do it on a small scale. I do, I, I do do some of it on a small scale, but that's definitely something I used to do at the brew pub. But I haven't necessarily translated over here. What I like to do here is like long macerations. So take like whole fruits and like soak them on, soak the beer on the whole fruits for a minute. Mm. So, you know, we've done cherry, cherries and grapes and pears and, you know, blackberries and whatever. That's something that I'm pushing is to like soak whole fruit beer on whole fruits. So I have tanks for that, but I haven't done a ton of, other juices here none i don't think hmm. okay none no i wonder if your fruit beers could appeal to the people i just trying to think of a solution i bet you've probably already looked at everything but just like for the people who might not want beer but your fruit beers like don't unless people oh, yeah, are, yeah, are yeah, sure, no. no i'm I, i'm talking about people who don't drink beer either cannot drink beer or don't drink beer you know gotcha yeah because you always want to provide the, those people exist Oh, absolutely. And look, I think it's for, for you specifically, this is coming from a place where you're, you're a, a man who is coming from a brew pub that's also a bar that has the license where you can stock liquor and blah, blah, blah. So you, you've always got something. And you, I know you always had cider on. I always noticed that on the chalkboard at uh, the pub. Exactly. So, so I just feel bad that now we I have just, a spot that doesn't, doesn't have something for everybody. Do you think then, on flipping it in a positive way, like – if you if you're sort of looking for that sort of bar experience where you can smash some shots and grab a cider and then grab a, a fucking culture or whatever it might be, you can do that all in one place. 
but then you come here and it's kind of like a, just a different Lesbos experience as far as you're getting the shit, you're looking through that glass window right behind the taps and you're seeing Simo glistening forehead just fucking mashing out, you know? It's like I, a, I think the experience the experience here is probably cool. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I haven't like ha- I haven't had the experience like on the other side of the. No, yeah, that's not true. I've had it a couple of times and it's been amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, man. It's dope. the place is dope, man. It's just like I'm saying. It's just different. That's all. And you've got that, it's that connection. It's just different. It's different. And that's okay, man. I feel like that's that's fine. You'll get there eventually. What, what what was funny is that we used to call, or we we still call, I guess. Um, they had a tagline for what the other the the Les Blick was was ton deuxième salon was like your, you know, second your home? second living room, your second ah. living room, your second home, your second home, exactly. Um, and that when we made this place, we were gonna say this place is my second home. Come over to my house. Mm. You know what I mean? When you Ooh, go to the bar, you're at your you're at your house. When you come over here, you're at my house. See, that's um, fucking dope. And we haven't done anything really to to do that, but that's definitely something that's in everybody's mind. So that when you come here, you have an experience that's way more us. Whereas when you go there, you have an experience that's way more everybody. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, and and when that. I'm saying that when I'm saying when I'm saying that out loud, it's exclusive and, and not not how you want it to be. But it made it made a lot of sense, like as a tricky marketing thing, or as a tricky communication thing. Like we, like you see, you see, it's like oh, cool, you know what I mean? But, oh, I I get it, bro. Like it makes complete sense, and I don't think it's not inclusive. It's it's a different experience, and I think there's like at the end of the day, right? Like Les Bas Public is a brew. You make beer now. Beer isn't for everyone, yeah. and that's okay. So then maybe for now, until something changes, those people should probably go to the bar and have a fucking amazing night or afternoon. But then you can go to, the, to this new brewery, and it's, it's just a, it's a different vibe. And like, I just feel like that's okay. I feel like sometimes you can't, as much as you want to be, and it's coming from a beautiful place, you want to be kind of everything to as many people as possible. But I love the idea of like it's – that's your second living room. Now come to my living room. Slightly different. Yeah, exactly. But it's the same, but it's different. And maybe it doesn't have the shots and stuff, but maybe that's not the vibe. Maybe the vibe there is more like get rowdy off the fuck. You have 17 of the, the balcons, like, you know, the three, 4%, like whatever, crush those. And like maybe a lot of people, if you're not, uh, you know, requiring gluten-free, then that's something that, uh, that, they can have a great time there. So speaking of a great time, oh, I'm ready to go to the next one. Unless you want to have that. Nice. Uh, could you please get the next one, Ben? The, is it the IPA, right? The pink one. That's right. So it's the, the last one of the anniversary series of beers. Tell me about it. There she is. Look at that. A little bit to your other, to your left. There you go. Oh, fucking Mad Dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness, mate. What a bloody ripper. Why is it called Mad Dog? I fucking love it, mate. Because if, if you're a good bloke, you're a fucking Mad Dog. Uh-huh. Mate. Luke, mate. mate. Luke, Luke, mate. Look at that, mate. Luke, Luke, mate. Oh, yeah. Luke, 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 Craig. I was out. I saw how you did it the other day out there. Yeah. You're a fucking Mad Dog, mate. Bloody oh. ripper. He said bloody ripper. 
Simo, could you do me one favor? One What's favor. That? Never change. Oh, Never. You, I got you. Okay. I'm on top one. of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about fucking Mad Dog, you Mad Dog. Oh, yeah. Um, this was like, I, th- I think this was the first like IPA recipe that I got to write. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it is. Yeah. That's fucking beautiful, man. Six percent. Oh, she's a big dog. She's a big dog for Simo. So we're on the same tip of yep. like similar there's, there's color. Some caramel malt. Yep. Looking at that... caramel malt. Yep. There's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of yeah. Okay. Um, IPA Simo's first recipe for the spice. Yeah, my first, my first like commercially available IPA recipe. I think has the from from 2013. 2013. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have mixed emotions. <laughs> um, the beer is is really good. The beer is way better than like it. Like you have this experience, and, and it's kind of related to the experience that I was talking about earlier. That like you're never really stoked about the thing that you made, you know. Um, but when you're when you're making when you're making beer. You like have many different stages. You get to taste the beer from the brew day to in the fermentation tank to, in this case, like through the dry hops, through the like hot creep breath, through the crash, through the bright tank, through the can, in the can. Um, and like you have many, many different stages where you can be not stoked on the same thing or on different things on the same product, you know? And, and this beer, when it when it got to the can, as happened, as is wont to happen with many products, it's like, yo, this is this is some shit. You know what I mean? When it finally got down to the, the finished product, product, I was like, whoa, yo, this tastes really good. Okay. So, is it, it's also um, a West Coast style, I imagine, based on the time frame. Definitely West Coast as man, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, fucking West as mate. Look at that. It doesn't get any more Westy, mate. Look at that. Fucking beautiful. Oh yeah, nah, she's right, mate. Well, you know what, fucking Sim, I just want to tell you something, mate. Put it in you. Put it in you. Mmm. Oh, that's delicious. It's like um a, a ramped up version of the Gary. Um, obviously my shit is like ice cold, so I know it sort of opens up as we go. But talk me through some of the flavors here, man. And if you remember any of the hops, let me guess, Topaz? There's definitely some Topaz. This is, this <laughs> is like a, cit- a, a Citra-heavy beer-ish for okay. the time. Um, there's definitely Topaz in right now. I would say Citra, Mosaic, Topaz, maybe some Centennial. I'm going to trust you on that. Um, I feel like I'm but getting... like, you're it? Yeah. Um... I was going to say, I have this like really candied citrus fruit thing from the Gary, same thing. And I think that I'm experiencing a lot, the caramel malt, mm-hmm. the caramel malt marrying with some of the, the pithy, like, uh, oh, that's what it is. of the hops. It's pithy um, there's also fruit. like, I think, I think so like citra is expressing as like strawberry kind of thing. Um, but like lime, lime, strawberry. Mm. Um, on the on this like pine resin, yeah. yeah. It's a dope. This is a dope beer, man. It's like it's really good. I don't know. There's, there's, you, we don't drink beers like this no more. You know what I mean? That's 
so so that's what's so cool in all of this craig we like drank all these beers that like don't exist but kind of exist like i said they never went away really nope they're around but like they didn't really yeah. go away and like i said i really I'm, i guess you you'll see over time but like the 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 taste for this style of beer is very uh i think it's growing provocative it's it's provocative as fuck everybody i no, know evocative oh, for evocative. me it evokes like this this time that happened 10 years ago this like reminds just... me of like tasting <laughs> tasting beers in vermont like 10 yep. 12 15 years ago that's what these beers tasted like mm-hmm. even if like Facts. I think of uh, like stone and pliny and like, um, uh, like yeah, exactly, all like, over that. But e- even in Vermont, I think of like uh, not fucking man. the v- Vermont v- Vermont Brupa or like uh, uh, there was like a Trailway beer that tastes like kind of like this. Oh, like, Long Trail, uh, Long Trail, Long Trail, Long Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the older school, like Otter Otter Creek and all that type of shit. Like yeah, this you. like world, this world that existed, that exists. Uh, honestly, in the, in this whole project, I did a lot of research about like how caramel malts fit into contemporary brewing. Right. And the main, the main, the main brewing company was a brew that came up a lot. Somebody, they're a company that, yeah, exactly. They're a company yeah. that owns that, that owns that. That says, "Yo, I'm gonna Great throw brand. this caramel malt in everywhere," because. It's a part of the thing, mm. um, you know. Always throwing towards Sierra Nevada. Yeah, Sierra Nevada. It's exactly. a real thing, man. Like, like the, these these profiles exist for a reason, and we loved these beers back in the day for a reason. Yeah, you know, it, it was cool. To, it was cool. It was a really cool experiment to do this. Yes. Yeah. It um, almost feels some, like we... some of the. Go. No, you go, brother. No, oh, I want you to keep talking. I just want to say that we it, drinking these four beers right now. It does feel like, in the most beautiful way, like we're in a time walk, like we're sitting in a bar ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, man, that's the idea. Mm. That's why I wanted to share. I wanted to share these these beers with you and like do that and have that time. We did it. High five to us. Fucking high five to us. Honestly, dude, um, I really think that at the very least the uh, the two, the pale ale and the IPA, you could do these regularly because there's genuinely a thirst for this style. And in Quebec, I've noticed that there's, um, there's a few breweries that are doing West Coast stuff and the response from people I've seen has been passionate, I guess is probably the, the word because you've got this faction of beer nerds and that's not necessarily who you're going after all the time, but because I love what Lespas does as far as like you cater to like I can go to Las Bas and I will be completely ecstatic and satiated by everything there. But I could bring my maybe noob beer friend who who doesn't maybe you know doesn't really focus on it, but they'll find a bunch of stuff that they'll like. It doesn't matter who I come with. I could bring everybody I know uh, to Las Bas, and that's what I really value. That's, that's the whole idea. Yeah, that's it. That's the point. Like you said, it's about community. It's about the people. Everybody's welcome, man. Yeah, exactly. Man. And in the at the very least, I can't speak for. Uh, the average person, because I guess, you know, we're more dedicated towards the beer nerds here as well in that sense. But I'm just noticing that th- this, this taste isn't provided for. And what you're giving us here is, it's, this is like the, the perfect West Coast IPA for today. 
it's like and it's like a throwback and like nostalgia as a whole is in again people are wearing things from the 80s wearing those throwback t-shirts chain you know getting a mullet haircut um you know the vibe that beautiful hair of yours like the, the that type of stuff is really coming back in fashion in in whatever you might you know in, in cooking in in now in something like beer like I think that you would certainly have like a nice skew that people would always look for, even if it's like not year round and is brought back every quarter or something like that. I feel like people would very much appreciate it because I think we're kind of still starved for this. Everything's haze. I'm a haze boy, so I'm with it. But I fucking love West Coast IPAs. And when I have them, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I love this shit. And I really feel like a lot of other people feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it remains to be seen. I, I think like, it could be a regular product, maybe mm. once or twice a year. We'll we'll see, man. You know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool, though. Like I said, the the beers are not here, so they must have been <laughs> sold. Insofar as they're not here. Yep. So that's and, cool. Yeah. Um, it's very cool, particularly um, this being your first recipe. Yeah. yeah. Well, my first IPA recipe where I got to to write the recipe. You know, like we made IPAs before, for sure, at the other breweries we worked at. But like McCausland and 3B, as we know, are not known for their IPAs. <laughs> not quite, no. They, they serve another purpose. And, you know, they do what it's they need to do. Di- Yo, so like you're somebody who, who really liked IPAs all the time. And like I did too. But at some point I got lost. Okay. I think I like was not – I was not stoked on the like – cultural appropriation of new england or the geographical appropriation of new england and doing that especially because i was so familiar with all these new england ipas that were made in new england at the time and the way that that style went and i was like not stoked on the haze boys and the haze juice and all that shit something i had a hard time getting into you know because you th- you thought it was better that, or you were annoyed that uh, people outside of that region were uh, making them. Yeah, and like not doing what it was like. There were shitty versions of it. Yeah, well, or just like yeah, yeah, whack versions of it. You know what I mean? Dude, I completely understand. Um, completely. Understand. And then be- it became it became a cartoon, right? It just became a cartoon. And that's what happens with styles all the time. Is like you pick on one thing. It's like a it's like a comedian always says the impression of somebody. Like my Australian impression, I was I I, I like to say Luke, right? Luke, you know, man. like it's a car- it's a it's a fucking cartoon. Like it's this dad out there who's like, look, guys, Luke. <laughs> I know you think you're having a bit of fun, mate, but Luke. Um, a one, A one. Like, and so in, in the IPA world, I like, I don't know. I, I, I just like stuck, stuck with, with, with something else. And it was like purposefully not to like do this, like to risk having like a, a, a sick tasting beer, you know? Like sometimes when you have this like, greasy ass fucking hop thing that's like gray and greasy and like undrinkable and sometimes it gets there with those juice haze boys you know what i mean mm-hmm. um I, I, I like i was very reactionary against that it's not a necessarily a good place to be all that being said 
is that I'm stoked on on being able to do this beer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and I, I get and, it. and I, I, I hope people like it. I hope people are stoked on it. I, I think they, I, like you said, they seem to be moving already. If your fridge is already empty, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's more, um, I think this could definitely tap into a, a market that is uh, severely underserved. And I think that's important in beer these days because, you know, the haze did take over. And whilst I'm here for it, it has uh, led to a whole bunch of, um, you know, inferior products and that's part of the game i guess but then along the way this got forgotten about so now it's being resurrected alongside things we were talking about earlier the you know the the uh the esbs or british milds the crispy boys all that type of shit and i think all of that is is super cool this resurgence of these styles and, and the interest in it because it's more interesting for you to to do something a bit different it's interesting for the consumer to have more options and I still think in Quebec, it's still few and far between um, across the board for this stuff. So, yeah, man, um, I'd love to I, – I would. it would make me happy just knowing that this type of thing would be popping up, even if it's a couple times a year. Well, so, so, so now we've done the thing, and I know you have to, like, speak good about it, but what do you think of those four beers, man? These are – it's like, like, like we're saying, it's, like, not a thing, but it kind of is a thing, but it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Look – I'm gonna. I'm Luke, always right. honest with look, Luke, mate, Luke, Luke. I think these are fucking fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, right? I think everything Lespas does. I'm a huge fan. Even before we sort of became friends, I'm, I was already a fan. So I, I yeah. really fuck with you, and I fuck with what you're doing. I think this. The first of all, the concept, a brilliant, fucking perfect. The marketing behind it. I'm looking at the four cans sitting next to the computer here. And they just look so sick together because they've essentially got the same pattern with the pigeon upside down in different ways and just in different colors. So, yeah, show, show them to the mandem. Um, so I'm um, showing it to myself now. Show it to yourself. Take a look. It just looks fucking cool. So I think – and people can see the backside of it. It's basically the same thing anyway. It just looks great. Um, I think what you've it done great. is – It looks good. You've captured a moment in time. You've recaptured something. And you're celebrating the legacy of a brand that has meant a lot to the city um, and, and to your neighborhood specifically as well. And I think that is brilliant in and of itself. And you brought stuff back. You've kept it as authentic to the original product as possible. And I've genuinely enjoyed me. everyone. Yeah. I, and I bet it is. Yeah. Absolutely. I've enjoyed every single one, dude. I'm not joking. Like, there's a lot of empty glasses right next to the computer here. Um, so, <laughs> you know. That's why we haven't gone. You know, it's two hours. We've only uncracked the fourth beer. Normally, I'd be like doing it, moving through it a bit faster. But I just enjoy drinking them and talking to you, so I haven't really like pushed it to move faster. Um, I just, I think these are great, dude. I think it's really cool. And like I said before, we even I knew we were doing this, so I didn't really talk to you and ask you any questions because I knew we'd be doing it here. But just seeing even the way that you know Val rolled it out on social and seeing what you were doing, I'd obviously I keep up on all of that. And I'm like, yo, this is fucking great. It's just super cool. And I haven't seen anyone do anything exactly like this and bring back these old recipes. So in and of itself, that's dope. And I enjoyed every single one of them. Uh, the one that stood out, uh, that obviously this is probably my favorite, but the Mad Dog that I'm drinking right now because it's, it's 6%. Yo, the, the Mad Dog is the, be- is, is the best one. It's, it's yeah. an amazing beer. It's a really dope beer. The, the special bit really stood out to me though, man. I'm not going to lie. Like I never really thought it's I'd be It's also really good. I want to give shouts to that one. And this is one of the better double uh, Belgians that I've had as well because it's just not my thing. And the sweetness kind of gets me a little bit. 
but because of how bitter it is, it's I, I enjoyed it significantly more than I thought I would, and uh, that's just that's just a personal taste thing. But all of them fascinating. Crack that crack that dead pop. Um, do you know what? I just want to take yeah, the man. screen the the thumbnail screenshot. I take a screenshot of the thing, which is actually perfect. You got these there just before my camera's gonna die, and I'm gonna change to the um uh the camera. So this would just be a little higher quality if I take it now. So I'm gonna do that, and Simo's gonna fucking look at those right there, mate. I'm gonna hold up these two. Ready? Oh, that's a bloody beaut. That is, mate. All right, we'll keep going. I'm gonna get it now before we uh, just before that shit fucking died. You know, you know, fucking beaut. Yeah, man, really, really cool. So for people who know, these four uh, anniversary beers are available now. Uh, off your across your general distribution network, which is mostly Quebec, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Everywhere fine fine ales are sold, yeah. I know that in Hushalaga specifically, we targeted four spots to carry the four packs. If you want to go buy a four pack and you're in Hushalaga, you probably already know. First of all, but yeah. if you don't, now you do. You can go to the Barrel Lug, Elvis, mm. William J. Walter. Or uh, oh, well, now I look like an asshole, right? It's okay. Maybe it's here. Maybe here's the fourth spot. Maybe here. Who um, knows? So people can buy a mixed you can, four pack. You can buy the mixed pack. Definitely here at the brewery. You can, and definitely at the bar. Well, the bar maybe not anymore. I don't know how the the ghost sales are working with the laws and shit. You know how it changes all the time. Yeah. Or you can sell it. to go anyways. I hope they keep no. that. No, they didn't. Fuck, they don't. They're so stupid. No, no, they did. They did not. Definitely did not. <sighs> Quebec drives me crazy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, Ontario does the same thing. They all do the same thing. I well, don't know if you can still buy a four pack to go at the bar. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh. Well, go if you can't drink a beer. You know, there's, there's, you can buy a growler. That's for sure. <laughs> we still got growlers at the bar. There you go. Um, and you can swing around. You know, it's like a few minutes down the road and you can swing by the old, uh, the new spot and grab, uh, you got the fridges. Fridges yeah, and delightful. fridges over here. Which is the delightful fridges. The delightful fridges. I, I, I think it's really cool. I didn't even think about doing a mixed four pack because I think that's great. Like that, that people will be able to buy like, you know, a nice little easy to go thing that it just get, you know, give you the, the sample of everything, and like I feel like this is just a, a really unique, interesting, great-looking four-pack um, to celebrate once again the legacy of a brewery that uh, you know has made a real mark in the city, in the neighborhood, in the province. Yeah, Fucking exactly. Uh, Importantly, it's a, it's a, it's a brewery that celebrates like these beers are are to celebrate the people who drank these beers, who are stoked on these beers, and are still drinking these beers, and you know. It's for them. It's it's for them. It's for us. It's for all those people who were there, and who are still there, and na na na. You know. Yeah, man. They'd be rocking with you for a long time. Man. Yeah. Which I love. It's just it's just yeah. fucking cool, man. So then, all right. So you, I mean, you've got this uh, this beautiful new brewery. You're pumping stuff out. Like, what's what's going on next? What else are you guys working on that you can talk about? What else can people expect from uh, shit you're pumping out? We, you know, we're a few months away from summer. Getting excited. Well, what I can say, and I've, I've already mentioned, is we've got a beer coming out with the Castal, and that's really cool to me because those are people who I, like, love and respect till the end of time, you know? Speaking of West Coast IPAs and talk about IPAs in Quebec, 
You do got to talk about the Castor. You have to. Um, oh, man, Craig, my battery's running out. Oh, rat. That's okay. We could, we could wrap it here if you wanted to wrap it here and uh, make sure we catch it up. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think we've, did it. we've done it all with the four beers. So that is happening. We're going to open up the, the patio here, you know, in April, and we've got some beer launches coming up for that. We're going to do some parties this summer. You know, stick around. We're going to do the thing. You know, we, we, we out here. We're, we're, we're doing our thing, man, you know. Men's is out here, as, as the kids in Toronto say, you know? Uh, uh, uh. For real, bro. You know, the fucking vibes. Um, Simon, let's just wrap it up then. Um, brother, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Uh, you're such a champion. This is fun. Um, love the beers. Love you. Love everything you're doing. Where can all the no, mad I love dogs... you guys. You are the king. Where can all the mad dogs get it? Get it? Huh? At home. Uh? Uh, 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 find Lespas Public online. Yeah, come check us out at the Brew Pub. Come check us out here. We got we got stuff for you guys, man. We got the stuff. Look, look. You want some beers? Look, 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 look Mike. Got the beers. Look, look, I, look. I, 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 I do say look all the time. Like you're saying, man. I'm always <laughs> out there saying look. It's my favorite shit ever, bro. I'm not, I'm not joking. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, from, it's from this imaginary Australian dad who's out there going, look. Look, yeah, look, look. Yeah, we, we got these two spots, but uh, come on down. They're great. We'll have a great time. You're damn right you will. Simo, free hugs from Simo. Look at him. He'll hug the shit free out of you. Free hugs from Simo. Free hugs. I will hug the shit out of you. Literally. You see, this was I was worrying about, that the podcast would go off the rails, and I would you start saying some whack shit. Like, uh, I feel like it's like I feel like we kept it we kept it in line. I feel like last time when Frank I think we was, kept it good. I felt wilding out and shit. I feel like it was it was actually hilarious, and this was hilarious too. Can but I, I feel like we kept it pretty good. Can I just say bless bless up to you guys, man? Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, BOS. Thanks for being in my life. Thanks for being a part of this shit with me, you know. And thanks for doing this podcast tonight, B. It's an honor, bro. It always is. I love it. I love our friendship. I love that we get to do all these collabs together and just make beautiful beer babies and hang the fuck out. And mate, we're gonna come through. I'm gonna bring Tiff because she hasn't seen it yet. Gonna bring Dan down. We'll just fucking uh, smash it up in the in, in soon ASAP. Yeah, man. You know the vibe. So uh, stick around just for a second until the battery dies, and we'll just talk off air as we wrap it up. But uh, everybody, make sure you go follow Atlas Bus Public. Check out Simo. Go check out the breweries. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you, oh, I did the, I did the screenshot earlier, just in case. Huh? Tiff was reminded me. See, it's good. It's beautiful. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media everywhere at BAOS Podcast. Check out the low form audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shit. Hit that five star rating. You know the fucking vibes. We'll see you. Uh, this go live every Wednesday at eight p.m. Eastern. Check it out. Uh, mate, love you all. Thank you for supporting and rocking with us. Love you, Simo. We'll Look see you guys. Guy. You are crushing episode. it. Je t'aime. Yeah. Je t'aime aussi. Le... Ouais, c'est ça. All right, guys. <laughs>